0: Hey everybody! Welcome back to History of Westeros livestream action. It's been a minute, hasn't it? Yeah, well, it's good to be back. Very, very good to be back. We've done, you know, I've been on some gaming streams and some of you have come to those. So, yeah, again, welcome back everybody. Look, yes, long live Todrick Stark. I got my uh, Todrick Stark shirt on, of course.
1: All three of us have Toddrick Stark shirts, as it happens, thanks thanks to Chuck L of uh, fan maniacs. that's F-A-N-A, Maniacs. And Chuck, actually, also helped me with this cosplay that I'm wearing. He applied the patches for me and all that, so shout out to him and his website.
0: Absolutely, if you are a fan of The Expanse, you may recognize this uh, get-up that Ashay is in. It's very it's cool. I it's a yeah. Tyco Station jumpsuit, decorated with some rainbow flags. And it's awesome, and hot, and we love it. <laughs> she wore it at Dragon
2: Con, which is one of our topics for today.
1: Yeah, to that's why clear, I'm wearing it.
2: we do all have Tadric Start shirts. Yes. Shea is not wearing hers. Zeese and I are wearing ours. <laughs> that is that's yeah. You all know the legend, of course. So. Uh. But, of course, uh,
0: we all know what's up. But Shea's costume is cooler than our shirts, even though our shirts are cool. But that's how it is. Oh, is the best, so you can't hope to top that. What can you do? Yes, the pockets. Of course, Rita mentions the pockets, something, Six that, pockets. something that women often don't have a lot of on their clothing. So Asha was experiencing the joy of many pockets. Six again,
1: Six pockets. I, can, I can fit an Instax camera in my pockets, <laughs> and I'm happy to see you.
0: Well, well. thank you to uh, Stephen Stark for the first Super Chat of the day, and also thanks to Karen Sita, who unfortunately says she has to go to work. But yes, thanks for mentioning to smash that like button. It does help us get noticed, and I'm sure you can catch the replay. So here's how we're going to do things today. We have a lot to cover, and we have several announcements. We have announcements, we have news, we have discussions, we have new material to catch up with. So in light of all that, we have created a new Patreon goal if we can get about 250 more dollars added to our Patreon, we're going to make a regular live stream event the first Saturday of every month. And it'll be this time, uh, roughly and early Saturday generally is the one of the best times for people that can, for all time zones, you know, there's people in Europe, there's people on the West coast, so it's it's hard to find a time zone that works for everybody. So this is the, the basically the best we can do in that regard. And if we can get that goal, then we'll do this every Saturday. Like I said, first of the month, it'll be really fun to have a regular time to hang out with everybody, discuss whatever's new, recent content, recent conventions, just whatever's going on. And as you'll see in this episode, well, we have so much built up. We'd like to not build up so much to talk about it once. We'd rather space it out a little more and and be more regular. So let's try to make that a reality. Thanks also to Rebecca, Rebea Lady of Waves, for the super chat as well. Appreciate that. How many do we need watching to get Sean to dance? <laughs> how many? Do, okay, Sean. Well, how many do we need watching to dance? You answer that question. How many do we
2: have now? Good
0: question.
1: Um, we have. A number that is hard for me to check. Okay, 80. 80 so far. So.
2: Okay, so if we get 8,000. <laughs> <laughs> a number times 100, <laughs> apparently. I, I sort of owe a dance already. I think that I said when the Facebook group got to 1,000. Oh, yeah, no. we are at yeah, 1,000. But someone did get a clip of me dancing at Dragon Con. I, I kind of mm. felt covered by that, but mm. but maybe not. I don't so know. Did I you feel say like someone
1: a, got a clip of you dancing at Dragon Con?
2: Someone very <laughs> awesome and special. Okay, I
0: was
3: like, <laughs> what are you talking about? That's Rita, someone. the
2: Copperman. <laughs> okay.
0: Yeah, Geek Fury says we're up to 92 which is almost 8,000. <laughs> so you better warm up. Start stretching. <laughs> I was born warmed up. <laughs> when it comes to dancing anyway. Okay, so here's how we're handling the, the giveaway part of this episode. Like I said, we have a lot to cover. We'll start with the, the explanation for the giveaway. First of all, what we're giving away. First, we're going to give away a bath bomb from Fire and Suds, which is a lovely... Three stu-
3: bath bombs.
0: Three, a ba- <laughs> pack of bath bombs. Can you use all three at once? I don't recommend it, but yes, you can.
3: <laughs>
1: Aziz got to experience these bath bombs last night, let I me did. tell you. I
0: am a bath dude. I'm a dude who likes <laughs> I call baths.
1: him Bath Man. Bath
0: man. Bathman. Bathman. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Bathman. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, I did try one of them last night. They're shaped like little dragon eggs. Shay's got some photos of them. And uh, they're 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 Kind of designed like Daenerys's dragon. Yes,
1: I have photos of these in the bath. Oh, yeah, and no, but more importantly, I do have pictures of the bath bombs, is what you're telling me right there, Uh, which you can now see.
0: There they are. Look at that. Very beautiful. So, Fire and Suds is the brainchild of fandom uh, person Brittany King, and she has her store on Etsy. So, we hope this uh, helps generate a little business for her. And uh, of course, she, she was generous enough to send a couple packs of these. She sent two, three packs, okay. and I used the the blue and green one last night.
1: Yeah, you can see again here. And, uh, was very glittery. I
0: was covered in glitter. And... <laughs> um,
1: exfoliating glitter. Yes, it was, was but
0: it, it was very nice. I woke up with much smoother skin, as you can <laughs> see. Hmm, yes. Ah,
1: LML um... wants the one that you used.
0: So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just too distracted with stroking myself. Hmm. Yes. Pretty yes. Soft. Does LML nice.
2: want another green and blue one like the one? No, he wants, he wants the, wants the one. actual he wants the one. one. He wants <laughs> to he collect moves. that water and recondense yes. it. <laughs> That's
3: it. Oh, well, all we'll right. have
2: to go septic tank diving to retrieve that. <laughs> yeah. I think. So the you know, go, go, we'll leave it to Aziz to turn, turn a beautiful image gross. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good at that. So the way we're going to do the giveaway
0: is we're going to announce at some point during the stream. We're going to say, "Hey, everyone, send an email to." Westeros history giveaway at gmail.com and you're only you're gonna have to send the email right then you're gonna only have about three to five minutes to do it Oh, I see Brittany is in the chat. So say oh, hey yeah. to say hey to her everyone. She's the uh, The person behind the lovely bath bombs. They Ugh. smell really good, too
1: Yeah, they do smell very good
0: And so we'll be giving that'll be what you'll, you'll send the email to Westeros history giveaway at gmail.com when we say and it's only going to be a short window. So only emails that arrive during that short window will check the timestamps are going to be eligible. That way people who aren't live can't jump in and people can't cheat yeah, and send people. a lot of- Yeah, you're screw You're not those live, people. you're dead to me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's how that's going to work. And then we're going to do that again later in the episode with a signed hardcover copy of Game of Thrones signed by George Armor. Look, there it is, the See photo. Here. Check Azizky it out, Shay put it on screen for y'all. <laughs> Yeah, I had yes. him sign the last page instead of the beginning. Mm-hmm. People normally get this and book signed at the beginning, but I got it signed at the end.
1: You can also see what the book is. Yeah, like which which edition it is. So That's to speak. right.
0: We we purchased it in San Jose at WorldCon, and we're going to talk about WorldCon at the end of the stream. Sean can't be here for the whole episode. You know, the real world calls, work, etc. And so we're going to talk about the stuff that Sean was not involved with at the end, and the stuff he is involved with here at the beginning. So the book giveaway will be done the same way as the bath bomb giveaway. We'll announce it during the stream. It'll probably be in the second half and you'll be able to send your emails and we'll announce who's who the winners are. We'll have your email addresses so we'll know who you are. And please include where, what country you're in because it's going to affect shipping for us and all that, but we will get it to you one way or the other. Okay. Don't
1: include it so Aziz can't discriminate. <laughs>
0: We I refuse to send the Ugh. book to anyone in
1: Madagascar.
0: Madagascar, yes, Madagascar. We or, or those, the moon. Those the one Mad- on the moon, yeah, or the moon. Screw the moon. Those mooninites. <laughs> we don't so like. We also we have like some
1: Shire Post. To yeah. yeah, so so right?
0: one of the thing. Fi- if we get our Patreon goal of having this recurring live stream the gift part of it will be recurring as well. We will always give something away. We've already got the next thing lined up for whenever that comes, which if, if, if you know, our Patreon gets to the goal soon, then it will be soon. Shire Post Mint Coins. I love the Shire Post Mint Coins. Of course, the name Shire Post is supposed to make you think of Lord of the Rings. That is in fact what it was first made for. This was a small business, just a family run business. These, these coins are pressed in, in their basement and, and these coins in
1: particular that I was just showing, just that I put on a little prematurely, um, as it turns out, are pre-conquest coins for anyone asking about what the deal was with that. Someone asks, if I live in Atlanta, will you deliver personality? They mean personally,
0: I <laughs> We always but deliver personality, we I, it's,
1: it's but, no, you know, I We do, it's true. we would probably deliver it personally if you lived in Atlanta and you requested that, sure. Um, so Shire Post you know,
0: has already told us that they would give us some coins to give away to y'all. So we're already we already have that set. It's just a matter of when we're
1: pre-conquest gonna do it. coins are extremely fitting for us. So yeah, yeah, there's Roan with the turtle shield. Yeah, as I put that front and center. But yeah, there's the Kings of Salt and Rock. There's you know the Arctic Erin Star and there's what are there one we two three.
2: We have a few of those coins already. Not right? these ones, but yes,
0: they're... But there's uh, they're something Star like 11 Post. or 12 Post, yeah. Yeah. Uh,
1: new coins they introduced. Steven Stark,
0: who's
2: watching, I think gave me some. He gave you
0: first of maybe one of the Bravos ones, I think yeah. it was. Yeah, so had them Yeah, have a while. Uh, we've got We a, have a bunch. We have a, co- a couple of Kellon Greyjoy pennies, the Faceless Man Coin League said, there's the Damon Blackfire Golden Dragon. Yeah, they've done a few already, and they've done other fandoms. They've done, mm-hmm. I believe there's some Stormlight Archive coins that they've done. They've definitely done Conan. Mistborn. Mist. That's what I was, was thinking. It wasn't Stormlight Archive. Yeah, it was, that it would was be weird porn. for them to have, right. them to
1: have the, the spheres. The spheres. You're right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah be, it's, it's be impossible. The, but yeah, I don't know how they're going to fill them with stormlight. Got my so Brandon Sanderson
0: novels crossed up. So yeah, yeah, there's that, and then there's the Conan um, Hyperborean and uh, Kingkiller Chronicles. King Killer Chronicles. Yeah, so they're doing. They're really branching out and doing some cool stuff. So we want to re- definitely, you know, promote them more and get get y'all ready for a giveaway next time around.
2: Real quick, I just want to point out if anyone can notice that shadow right there. That's Jake's shadow. Oh, yeah. we have the Every cat in black and white. Cat ears appear in a shadow there. <laughs> that's funny. You never
0: know. He's lurking. He could be coming for us. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that explains our giveaways. And by
1: the way, I just have to say I have to make an announcement about how many announcements we have in this <laughs> episode. Aziz and I are astounded. Truly astounded. We have a lot more coming for you later this episode. Too. And this is
0: why we need to do this more regularly, I think. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> so let's get through these as quickly as we can so we can get to the big most important big news is that part, we're right?
1: now on Spotify. Yeah, how
0: cool is that? We're on Spotify now.
1: I listen to Spotify all the time, so I'm particularly happy about that news. Yeah,
0: I'm a I'm a recent convert to Spotify. Shay and I just disco- well, really, got one more really, she family discovered plan. that Family Plan and we <laughs> since we're in the same house, I can get on Spotify on her account for free. So <laughs> Just in time, we're all getting all spotify up over here.
2: You know, I didn't even think of it till just now, but is there a potential to be on Pandora?
1: Oh, that we could be on Pandora? I don't oh. think Pandora does podcasts. I don't think they do podcasts. They know? have yes.
2: comedy, for sure. They have oh, comedy. Huh? Okay. Well, something to look into.
0: Okay. Very cool. Good, Good point um someone says please wear appropriate pants you can see our junk you can't see my junk there's no junk down here Sean, like, i don't I have any junk in I my i don't have any
2: junk in there <laughs>
1: they're they're unsullied only high quality if well, anyone's so, yeah. Yeah,
2: like, dissatisfied i can just take my pants off right now <laughs>
0: So, let's see, what else? What's the next announcement we have? Okay, so, Twitch the Twitch streams. Now, are, for people who follow our Crusader Kings 2 game streams, I play the game Crusader Kings 2 in the with a mod for Game of Thrones slash Song of Ice and Fire. It's extremely well done mod. We have posted seven or eight videos on our regular History of Westeros feed, but there's been enough requests for us to do them more often that we're moving to Twitch so we can do them more often without cluttering up our regular stream with game streams that not nearly everyone is interested in. Some of you guys like them a lot. Some of you, eh, it's not for you. And I understand that. So we, we want to keep them separate. So they're going to be on Twitch. Twitch is free. Go to twitch.tv slash history of to follow us. And hopefully you enjoy those streams over there. If you haven't, come check them out sometime. And we may or may not be posting the replays on a separate YouTube channel. Twitch will store them for 60 days. So they will be there. But if we want to keep them for good... Yeah, we're going to want to save them on the YouTube channel. So, we're still working out the finer points of that. But the bottom line is twitch.tv slash history of Westeros. Follow us there. And we're going to be playing other games too. Uh, that's I the to other play thing. There's some
1: that we... on there. Yeah, well, there's a lot of things we there's can do. There's other new Jackbox games. Yeah,
0: so, it's going to free us up to do more of that, having it separate, because it was a little restrictive having everything combined. Uh, so, that's that. Um, let's see. What do we have next? We have YouTube has changed some things with how you get notified. On It used to just be, if you were subscribed to a channel and they went live or posted a new video, you would get a notification. That doesn't happen anymore. You have to click the little bell icon under the video window. It's right above the comment section, right next to where you would click the like button, which please do that as well. Click the like button on this stream. And that helps you get notified of our live streams. So, and of course, whenever we post a new video, that goes up too. So, that's important. So, please click on that. Kips keep you up to date on what we're doing. Um, as far as uh, some future things, we want to tell you what's coming up for us in terms of our regular content.
1: Yeah, we've got an episode coming up called uh, Why We Love and So I Have Art.
0: Probably won't be the only time we do one of these because ASOIF art is not something we can exactly cover in one episode, <laughs> is it? <Yeah. laughs> but for starters, we would love to show off not just art that's w- known in the fandom, but people who have made art. Not just, just you know, fans and stuff. Not to call it fan art, but you know what I mean. That, that term isn't appropriate, but it gets the point across sometimes for yeah. some people. So we're going to be showcasing a lot of people. It'll it allow us to show off more Michael Clarfeld, more of San Rixian, more of some of the people who have done the Dragon Egg art for us, things like that. So that's all gonna be fun. We're gonna have that in the future. As far as scripted episodes, I originally planned on having Bloodraven 3 next, but we're gonna do Nymeria 2 second instead, or next instead. It's I've been making more progress with it. It's just, I've had more flow. The ideas have been coming more easily for it. But also, I'm a little suspicious that fire and blood is going to tell us something relevant not that blood raven could possibly be in the book but any of you who've read the fire and blood excerpt know there was details about silverwing and the wall and that might be really relevant so if he's going to throw that in you never know maybe he throws in a little something about someone being a green seer something about the children just something that might apply so we don't want to get ahead of ourselves and we're pretty sure there's not going to be anything fire and blood oriented about nymeria and even if there is we'll still have a part three to catch up on and add that in so this is just going to make more sense for us so that's the plan for that now in addition to our new patreon goal we have a new way we're going to handle patreon votes for people at the 12 dollar level or higher on Patreon, you get a vote or multiple votes at the higher levels for certain special episodes. Those episodes have been once or twice a year, and a couple of things have come up in doing those. Quite a few times, the winning topic has taken more than one episode to cover, and that kind of throws off the program a little bit. Nothing wrong with having an episode that takes multiple instances to cover, or a topic that takes multiple instances to cover. However, when we plan for one episode and it turns into three, <laughs> that really throws things off a bit. And it, it's a little bit unfair for people who are paying to vote twice a year and not getting to. So what we're gonna do until the Winds of Winter comes out, after we do Blood Raven 3, Nymeria 2 and 3, all future episodes until the winds of winter, not counting live streams, all future scripted episodes until the winds of winter comes out will be Patreon voters episodes. So all episodes will be voted on from that point on. So if you have a $12 or higher level uh, Patreon pledge, you'll get to vote more often. And if you don't, well, maybe this is incentive for you if you want to get involved in the voting process. This is how Crips of Winterfell was chosen. This is how Septon Barth was chosen. This is how Summerhall was chosen. All those episodes were picked by Y'all, Patreon voters. So some of our best, in fact. So it's really been a great program for, for everyone because we get to make a great episode and you guys get what you want. So that's a win-win situation. So that's that. I think we're pretty much through the announcements now. We have a couple more that we're saving for later in the episode, but that is the bulk of it. So let's get started with our con coverage and then we'll work our way up to Fire and Blood and Dark <coughs> Sister, which we'll be closing things out with. Mm -hmm. So I've been talking for a while. Yeah, so how about you guys jump in start us off with with the DragonCon experience? It was so much fun wasn't it?
3: Yeah, it was (laughs) alright.
2: I love DragonCon by the way, uh, just in general anyone who might not be familiar with DragonCon It's exploded in the past. I don't know since 2000. Hard to say exactly. Yeah, but but we've lived in Atlanta so long It's it's always been a thing here. I seem to remember going and it was you know maybe a 10,000 person con which is pretty big compared to some other cons and now it's like 80 or 100,000 It was 80,000 years in a row yeah and part of what makes it so big and so fun is cuz it's pretty inclusive it's just anything it's just they really cater to what people want to do and they just do everything there's superhero stuff zombie marches predators you know it's star trek like every fandom anything you could think of they have all kinds of music events screenings of movies rocky horror picture show they have scores of dances just impromptu music events come up people just walk around with boom boxes and set it down in a circle forms it's just like it spans multiple five or something hotels you could just six now (laughs) you could just yeah you could just like go down to atlanta at midnight on sunday and not even go into the con not have a badge or anything and it'd just be a party in the streets it's like mardi gras it's like
1: Nerdy Fantasy, like it's like Nerdy Grind.
2: Yeah. yeah, it's just an unbelievable event. It's the coolest thing that happens on Earth. I swear to God.
0: <laughs> so yeah, there's they and they even have like a big room full of just old school and new school video games that most of which are free yeah. to play. For example, just just one thing, just one example, and they're just a giant room of
2: they have like of free games, <laughs> battle tech machines. They have a gaming room with like board games and magic, uh, you know, Yu Gi Oh, whatever other kinds of like, tabletop gaming, electronic games. It's it's such a huge event, and and plus they have panels, they have uh, stars, they have all kinds of. I, I mean, I can't go on enough about what an event it is, and um, how fun I always have without any particular schedule. The cons I've gone to have been like the Game of Thrones cons, and it's like it's almost like going to college. I don't mean that to be negative. Uh, it's it's yeah. it's Game of Thrones college. It's like nine to five. You like go to class, you know what I mean? And the classes are on the swords of Westeros, or you know the. Sisters uh, or you know, just all the topics you can imagine the types of things we do podcasts on and they, they have all that at Dragon Con too, but they literally literally have 100 times as much stuff literally a hundred times <laughs> as much so stuff amazing. as for example Ice and Fire Con. A- and I don't mean to downplay Ice and Fire Con because the smaller cons become more intimate. You can almost literally know everyone there at a smaller con like that. That's a wonderful advantage, but, uh, I agree. Speaking of Ice and Fire Con, there were a lot of
0: our Ice and Fire Con friends there. Yeah, one of the, they that, one of the, yeah, they do a lot of panels. They threw
1: the North, remember, the North Remembers How to Party. party. A wonderful
0: name for a party. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and uh, we helped out with that a little bit. Um, Sean and Aziz went to the Looney Theories panel. It's like a late night thing. And here's an image that Sean took. You can see our very own Jinx right there, taking a picture of them. And uh, there's Chloe, Girls Gone Canon and all that, and uh, Tara. Buy some firecon. The, right.
0: the, the The panel started with them trolling Chloe right away with some of her favorite Dane theories. So everybody had a good time except Chloe. No.
2: Right <laughs> in kidding. front of me, by the way, in the audience, you couldn't see in that picture. But if I had, like turned the camera to the right, yeah. someone was wearing a Manimals shirt. Oh, oh cool! Well,
1: it's probably like Jason or something. Anyway.
2: Shout out to the Manimals and Haley Bowery there.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And,
0: yeah, so there were the, the Looney Theories panel was really fun. There were a lot of, uh, well, as you might think, Looney Theories. It's a good time. It's fun. They're, they've put a lot of effort into trying to get DragonCon to have a larger Game of Thrones presence. It doesn't, you know, as big as it is, it doesn't have a huge Game of Thrones presence. So
1: Yeah, the photo hour, the photo shoot hour, which if you go to DragonCon, I highly recommend you go to the different photo shoot hours, even if you're not a cosplayer. That's where you can get pictures of all the Game of Thrones cosplayers. They're all going to be there, and you can actually... Get photos because Dragon Con is so busy and crowded. You can be walking through a hotel and see a great cosplay, but there's no way you're going to get a picture right. of it—at least, on a decent one. There's
0: places you can't take pictures. They have certain areas where yeah. you just have to keep moving because of the traffic is so high. So you're like, I, I want to take a picture of that, but you can't. <laughs> <laughs> you just have to have a little camera that you can click, just sticking out of your chest, mm-hmm. just constantly. <laughs> a little GoPro, just wherever That's you go, tracking. Plant yeah. it everything. into your eyeball. That's yeah, what you need yeah, yeah. You need a Google Glass to get for. there. <laughs>
1: um. Yeah. So Dragon Con obviously is fun because we get to see a lot of friends we have friends in the area that go we have friends that travel from all over friends from conventions listeners people that we know from you know just our lives i guess that come into town we have people stay with us but dragon on this year for me was particularly fun because as you can see by my awesome cosplay here. I cosplayed, and it's so much more fun when you're actually, like, participating, you know? And so I would walk around, and people would yell, like, Beltalona at me, because this is from <laughs> The Expanse, yada yada. Uh, but fans, I also
2: fantastic. Yeah. <laughs>
1: and I also got to do a photo op. They had the whole cast, not the whole cast, but most of the cast, the main cast there. And so I did this photo op that you can see there. It's my first time doing a photo op with, with a celebrity or anything like that. Extremely fast. But you I look just...
2: like the celebrity
0: there. Yeah, you're, the, you're, the two, you're the two dressed up there. They're posing with you, you and Brian. That's Brian, our friend Brian Hopper. Yeah, Sir,
1: that's Brian. Uh, it's, it's, yeah, I'm people know him from anything. I probably know Jasmine more likely because his his wife Jasmine is uh, tweets during Game of Thrones uh, during a George R. R. Martin interviews. Snazosaurus.
3: That's right. That's and very she right. also
1: has a D and D podcast. So
3: that's shout out true. to Jasmine.
1: Yeah. Sorry, Brian, this is a picture of you instead. <laughs> we started talking about your wife. So you know. Uh. <coughs> so
0: yeah, so that was cool. And even who who loves the expanse, you could see that was that was Alex and uh Avicerala and Bobby and Naomi. So really cool characters if you like the expanse. I know we've talked about the expanse a lot on the show. So, so I already
1: said if you're here if you're not here live, you're dead to me, well, if you're not here live and you watch The Expanse, you're okay. If you, you're not here visited. live and you don't watch The Expanse, you're like mega-dead to me. Yeah, <laughs> mega, so. mega
0: death. You're, you're like, mega holy dead. word, a zombie. <laughs> Hanger, She's gonna stash you in Hangar 18.
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs>
0: um, but, yeah, but if you if you like The Expanse and aren't on live stream, you see you're raising them from the dead, is that they're kind of undead? Yeah. Because you already killed them, so yeah. you can bring them back. I and
1: mean, use the proto-molecule.
0: <laughs> well played, well played. Um, okay. But
1: Aziz has some even more exciting news. DragonCon was, you know, a month ago now, just about. It's Part of the reason oh, we need month. to do this
0: more often, DragonCon uh, was a month ago. WorldCon was two months ago, we're gonna be talking about that But, later. in
1: under two weeks, Aziz is going to Los Angeles!
0: That's right, just last night, Shay and I were both looking at my phone together, looking at something funny, and all of a sudden we got a notification and I just like shouted and she, she was like- me. I scared her because Truly. I saw the word congratulations and Patreon, and I had entered a contest, a Patreon contest, to get a free uh, invite to their yearly convention in Los Angeles and I entered it Thursday night and one on Friday <laughs> so <laughs> It's very sudden and the cons in less than two weeks, so I'll be flying to LA and we'll be hanging out there I'll see Kyle Foster and some other folks and that'll be really fun. So I'm just now planning that. I haven't even. So if gotten you happen ready. to
1: be in the LA area or are going to Patreon by some random yeah. chance, let us know. Well,
0: let's hang out. Yeah, it'll be really fun. I'll, we'll have a drink. And, but that's uh, not
1: all that we have. All the conventions we have coming up.
0: Still not done with the convention news.
1: <laughs> yeah, and we've got Ice and Fire Con next year, and that's at the end of April, um, just outside Columbus, Ohio. It's so 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 beautiful. I mean, I, I say it all the time, but it really is summer camp for a Song of Ice and Fire fans. You called Con of Thrones like a college for it, and I nice. feel like Ice and Fire Con is less like that; is more of the camp experience. I agree. I, summer
2: that's camp a good analogy. Is a perfect way to call it. I, I will clarify that at. College slash Con of Thrones, <laughs> and maybe also at summer camp. I don't know. Summer, but you party at night. I mean, that's the thing. Yeah, you, know, yeah, the day yeah. you, you go to class about Targaryens, and then you get drunk around the fire. You honestly,
1: Ice and Fire Con is more of a party con to me than Con of Thrones, yeah. I would say as well. So, just in terms of our experiences, if you're looking to party and camp out and have a campy experience, Ice and Fire Con, if you're looking to sit in panels and learn a lot of things all day, Con of Thrones is probably better for you. But. Absolutely. They're both
0: great. Yeah, definitely go to both if you can, but sometimes, you know, a lot of, for a lot of people, we know it's going to come down to where you live, the time, you know, yeah. like And if you travel. buy your
1: tickets to Ice and Fire Con, use uh, History of Westeros as your referral.
0: Yeah, the, the code is HISTORY, and that'll is get you $5 Did off. Did you have a
1: code for Ice and Fire Con? I thought it was Con It was of Thrones. the
0: same code for both.
1: Oh, I didn't think we had a code for Ice and Fire Con. I, no, we didn't have I one I mean. for
0: Con of Thrones yet. Uh, it's not necessarily Well, I
1: thought yet. Ice and Fire Con wasn't a code at all that it was just referral, but...
0: Oh yeah, I'm you're not. Right. Clear. Same Don't difference. listen right.
1: to us. Don't listen to us at least. Listen
0: to <laughs> me. Yeah, I listen to her. Um, she's the best. Why would you listen to a guy who isn't the best? So <laughs> <coughs> that's just that's just straightforward. <laughs> um okay, so what else we have? Yeah, so those are those two cons are great. Uh, we have and we we can't talk about specifics but we heard some cool rumors that there's might be some might be some cool extra guests at Con of Thrones this year but we
1: we will see we
0: are sworn to secrecy we'll see what happens none of it's solid yet so, so that we'll
1: covers that's the end of April for Ice and Fire Con then Con yes. of Thrones is in July yes. and then we're trying and we're planning I, I think we're going for sure aziz and i at least will be at World Con in Dublin
0: Worldcon in Dublin. And
1: George R. R. Martin will be there. We went to our first Worldcon in San Jose last year. We were inducted into the BWB. Well, the free company, technically. But <laughs> we'll talk more about that at the end of the episode. But in general, if you're a listener that lives in Dublin or is otherwise planning to go, let us know.
2: I'm not quite cosmetol- cosmopolitan enough. For you all can't least. even
1: say the word cosmopolitan. <laughs> you're, so you're not
2: right. cosmopolitan either. <laughs> stuff. So they'll be talking about that once I've gone.
0: Thanks to mm-hmm. Matthias C. for the super chat. He says, more puns. Sorry. <laughs> we'll keep them coming. I think that's a request for more puns. He's apologizing to everybody else, but <laughs> I'm not sure. But we'll, we'll, that's how I choose to interpret that.
1: <laughs> so We've gotten through our uh, content now our for the content. main event. Well, we are still going to talk about Worldcon at the end of the episode, and we're still going to have some other announcements for you.
0: That's true. We, we have some
1: things that we're guesting on, for example. That's um, true. Very short. Very
0: true. In fact, we'll, we'll at least mention one of those. Tonight, thanks to uh, Secrets of the Citadel, I'll be guesting on her live stream in about five hours. Is that about five hours? I have to
1: say, okay, so this is like meant to be like a spooky, scary themed, like Halloween themed episode. And um, Gemma, Secrets of the Citadel, she asked me to be on it, and I thought about it for a little bit about what I would talk about, and decided that. This, the scary stuff freaked me out too much. I I might have nightmares after thinking about it. Well, what happened the other night, I had a nightmare about Gregor Clegane. Oh,
3: that's like, a nightmare. Coming
1: into our my bedroom like and I was like trying to close the door and he just grabs my head. It's terrible, terrible. So basically, no spooky scary stuff for me. Halloween's the worst month for me. Um but Aziz will have fun talking about creepy things. Yes.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm cool with it. I I don't I, I don't have bad dreams ever. I'm one of those lucky people. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah so that'll cool check us out on that check out Gemma and they'll also be Con Snow and San Rixian I believe Gemma who else is there I forgot to put that in in, in front of me and now I forget if that's I, is LML gonna be there too I don't remember
1: We'll see. Okay, yeah. so all right now on to this excerpt that we had Sean read. As you might guess that he's here. Sean read the excerpt. Oh my god! <laughs> right? How
0: cool is that? Sean actually reading some A Song of Ice and Fire history. We're getting some takes from him. Here I next. was
2: gonna finish all the rest of the books, but instead I read this little excerpt. So yes,
0: LML <laughs> is in the stream tonight. That was I wasn't remembering wrong. So yes, and uh, oh, and
1: Kyle apparently. And Kyle too. <laughs>
0: Excellent. That's gonna so be so A hype, is Kyle. will have a lot of that'll, that'll be a pretty bumping live stream. There, yeah, like six and some or people will be
1: dressed up as far as. Our I Understand it.
0: Yeah. I'll have mm-hmm. to put on one of my uh, Game of Thrones hats. I don't Just have a whole my lot of...
1: coveralls.
0: <laughs> I can wear my Dothraki jacket. Yeah, you can wear that.
1: <laughs> so. Um, Carry your shield.
0: Yeah, I have a Better Call Saul or Better Call Drogo. Whichever. Pick your pun. <laughs> They're both puns. Um, and so.
1: Anyways, with Sean reading the excerpt, I wanted him to read the excerpt and I wanted to know what his thoughts were on parallels because Sean is not part of social media still that often. He has Twitter, but it's not like he's checking it all the time. He's not, he's not up to date on twitter so, yeah, so, so to speak.
0: His takes are interesting yeah. because he, you know, his approach is different. His, um, you know, he has got a different mindset of some things. So we like, sometimes that, that, uh, it presents us with some interesting takes that we might've noticed and sometimes it presents us with some humor. So both time both good
2: things come out of it.
1: So Sean, we asked you who you thought were parallels to the main characters. And so uh, you could go ahead and tell us what you thought.
2: All right, let me see if I can remember names. I wrote it I, I, right I remember there. Remember everything right? Right. I wrote the name uh, right here. Yeah. Okay. So my first thought was that Alaric, aside from apparel, necessarily even ask, uh, like, man, this guy is on thin ice with uh, the Is that her name? Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, you know, I don't know exactly the the relationship or expectations they would have for each other, but I felt like he was. A little cold toward her, I mean, you know, uh, but um,
1: a stark cold. Yeah, <laughs>
2: that's
1: impossible. I don't know about
2: that? Um, but I thought that it was similar to to Stannis. I, I felt that I somewhere between maybe a cynicism that he has and a confidence in his position combined. Like he just kind of spoke his mind a little bit and wasn't as worried about pomp and circumstance or whatever, you know. And um, and for Alysanne, I thought that she reminded me of Tyrion uh, for a couple reasons. One, she was following Tyrion's path, you know, heading up to Winterfell and then to the Wall. Mm-hmm. And along the way, kind of like Tyrion, despite being met with coldness sometimes, was still... Uh, kept a sense of humor about him, kept things light, was able to kind of like say what he believed or maybe even get what he wanted without ruffling feathers too much you know like he came upon someone whose feathers were already ruffled and smooth them out you know and i feel mm-hmm. like Tyrion did did a lot of that so yeah
1: i thought that was a really interesting thought because uh, when we read it and in the fandom in general on twitteros all the focus is on alisansa as she's <laughs> been referred to which is alisan as compared to sansa right and so i think there are similarities to Tyrion, and that's something that we talk about a lot in general when we think about like these parallel lives things that Aziz has been tweeting about we might be we might list off a bunch of parallels between a certain character a certain historical character and a you know current character That doesn't mean that those ca- that that historical character doesn't also have parallels to other characters. Oh, it's yeah. not exclusive No, there families. can
2: only be two parallels. Be There can be only one Because <laughs> of <laughs> <laughs> the high status. By the way, yeah, I yeah. love those tweets that you make. It oh cool. Thank high, you. I think that's, you, that's yeah. the awesomest thing We're gonna, We're gonna do both, both an that episode you, on both that it exists in the world and yeah. the you're able to
0: identify Yeah, we want to do an episode
1: on, on it, but we also want to do a panel on it at Con of Thrones. That's possibly, right
2: So
0: just for you all who don't follow us on Twitter, what I've been what's doing wrong with you. Is yeah, yeah, what's wrong with you? You're dead to me, too.
3: <laughs> Some dead of you to are me.
0: double dead. <laughs> <laughs> right on. And if, you, if, and if you if you upset her again, you might be triple dead, which you can't really come back from. So yeah, these parallel lives tweets are basically comparisons, usually between a historical figure and a current character. Alice, this is a perfect example. Alaric and Stannis. So that's or Sansa and Al And George, the value of these not just the fact that it's fun but the but it shows us that George is giving us foreshadowing for things to come with future characters and that's part of what makes this fire and blood excerpt extra exciting i think in general the fandom is sometimes lukewarm on the historical stuff some people love it some people kind of could kind of do without it some people are kind of in between but the hype for fire and blood is starting to exceed the world of ice and fire, at least in certain corners, at least of people who have taken a close look, especially among people who've read this excerpt. And here's why. Some people consider the history a little bit dry. And I can get that. I don't personally consider it dry. Shea doesn't consider it dry. But it's,
1: it's pretty dry, it's a book, Aziz. <laughs> it's, <laughs> yeah, it's not, not wet. a wet
0: book. <laughs> and if you're reading on an ebook, you really can't get it wet. So <laughs> But but of course, because there's not a narrative, there's not, the characters, we don't get inside their heads. There's not as much depth to it. It's, it's not a story. It's, it's a telling of events. This excerpt is more like a story. It's, yeah. got, it's got dialogue. It's got characterizations that it feels more like a story. It feels more like a narrative. It's still history. It's not a narrative, but it's closer to being a narrative than the World of Ice and Fire stuff. So I think George heard this. I think George heard that people were a little, you know, it's it's still the book was a highly successful. World of Ice and Fire was a smash hit. We love it. But if there's something to pick at it, this would be a a minor complaint. And so I think George heard those complaints because apparently we have it on good authority that this excerpt was written within the last year. So George maybe tweaked some of these things. He added some of this characterization. He wanted to make it a little more relevant, a little more warm, Uh, which is important because of all this Mm. northern stuff. You got to keep that warmth. I can also...
2: (laughs) I can also imagine it just in general, he had like a series of events in his history in his mind that he wanted to get out. But over time, these characters have taken on a life that he's been able to add to, so.
0: That's very true, that's very true. And Alisan's always been a favorite in the fandom because she's this amazing, smart woman who did a lot of great things.
1: Good Queen Alysanne, it's more Alice-Anne. like Great Queen Alysanne. Seriously. Fantastic Queen Alysanne, <laughs> incredible Queen Alysanne. <laughs> Awesome. Amazing Queen Alysanne, awesome probably. Awesome Sam?
0: Yeah, you, know, you call trying. her Akka. Akka Sam. <laughs> yeah, no.
1: Anyways.
0: but know. Anyways. But, but, the caveat to that, is despite people thinking so highly of her, we don't really know that much about her. Despite Jaehaerys's reign being by far the longest reign of any Targaryen king, it's kind of a mystery. We know a lot of the high points. We know some kind of important things that happened. But there's a lot of missing detail. There's we a lot have one, of between the line um, stuff. That,
1: you know. Question here from Alexandra Sandru, Sandu. Okay, she said I'm a beginner, so I'm sure I'm missing something. But what are the similarities between Sansa and Good Queen? Good
0: Anson? question. I think we were going to get to that. We may as well do it now. We'll also yeah. talk about some of the things you talked about with Tyrion because I think those were. And
1: the thing I want to talk about here is who's Jaharis then.
0: Yes. Okay, that's a very good question. Um, okay, so I let's do that. I have my own thoughts on that, yeah.
1: but let's talk about Sansa, about Alessansa.
0: Let's do that. And of course, feel free to send your questions, folks. This is the portion of the episode where we're taking where it's best time. We'll take questions any time, but this is the best time for it. We're, we're specifically setting this time for that. And we'll want to do our bath bumping pretty soon. Yeah. Um, but not quite yet. We'll, we'll get through a little farther in this. Okay, so, yeah, Alessandra and Sansa. Well, first of all, w- Sansa's arc is notable in how well she keeps her composure she is always no matter how bad things get she never starts like cursing people out she doesn't she may start crying or get upset but she keeps her demeanor remarkably well through a number of really awful experiences being abused by Pycelle being abused by Joffrey being well just lots of various forms of abuse at the hands of men and women because of Cersei and and Character and other characters, but there's, uh, and so a- a- alsan what you can see here is the potential for Santa to develop into a character like alsan is now. Someone who is, doesn't wilt in the face of Stannis's, or Alaric's <laughs> Alaric's, <Alryx, laughs> you know, rudeness and coldness. Someone who just returns that coldness with warmth and is like, no, I'm not going to sing to you. I'm going to define the terms of this conversation. I'm going to define our interactions and they're going to be friendly. She just refuses to to go down. She always keeps it up. She always That's keeps it up. That's
1: pretty dirty as these. She refuses to go she refuses to
0: go down. <laughs> I'm I'm defending her honor. There's <laughs> nothing dishonorable about that. What are
3: you talking about? Us. It's not shaming we all of our listeners, okay? <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay hmm. <laughs> how did we get here uh, the cold winds blow from the north
3: <laughs> okay Okay. On.
0: okay. What, what have we done um <laughs> so so basically so you see a lot of that in this whole so, whole kind of listening to everyone being a good queen taking everyone's concerns there's that bit where she goes to White Harbor and, and has this ladies' council where she listens to the concerns of, of women, not just rich women, but commonborn, so women of all levels. So she's really showing her ruling chops. And it's the kind of stuff that people in modern times can appreciate, stuff that would, it seems it's like way ahead of its time. And you can see that kings and queens after her did not follow her lead. Uh, we don't see queens wielding as much power in Westeros after not long after Alistair. Mostly, it's the Dance of the Dragons that that kind of tanked all of that. But that, which is another topic entirely. But it's yet another interesting
2: thing about this about this excerpt. is you are seeing queen with so much yeah. power. I do remember when we that. I was like, "That's genius! It's pretty <laughs> genius! I can't like I can't believe that that's not like just a standard institutionalized thing for all of history. Why hasn't this been happening?" You know, like. <laughs>
0: Yeah. It's really, it's it shows you some things. It's like, yeah, this should be like, look how good she is. She, give other women a chance. And, uh, but it's all these power games and, um, that's the Game of Thrones for you. You know, if you can exclude a whole power group from, from, from being eligible to win the throne, it makes it easier for your group, which in this case is men. So yeah. anyway, um, the worst. Yeah,
1: the worst. <laughs> um do we have some artwork here as well. I'll do the first slide now, yeah. I think. Um, which I just love our fandom so much. I'm so glad to see that there's already artwork from this excerpt. So here we have on the left, um, Alisanne and Alaric. This is by Naomi Makes Art. You can find her on Twitter, Tumblr, etc. She makes a lot of, a lot of great, um, A Song of Ice and Fire art and other art, but like Star Wars, you know, A Song of Ice and Fire mashup pieces and stuff like that. So I like that yeah. a lot. Um... And then we have in the middle, and on the right, we have work by San Rixian. In the middle, we have Alisan with Silverwing, and then on the right, we have John Keel, Dark, the Scarlet Shadow, A.K.A. someone I have to cosplay now. Yes.
0: <laughs> so, if in case y'all missed it, or if you haven't read the excerpt and are relying on us to kind of explain this all for you, which is totally fine, we—if well, you
1: weren't relying on us to explain it for you, you're out of luck because we have not <laughs> gotten in this in a very, very organized. <laughs> We're way. We're kind
0: of just jumping around, here. but it is a short excerpt. So the Jonquil Dark is a very unusual character. She's a wildling and a sworn shield to the queen. Wait, which... what are you
1: talking about? You're you're talking. What are you talking about? Oh, you're talking about Jon. I'm talking
3: yeah, I'm the talking Scarlet John Shadow. Kiel my bad. Jonquil Dark up. is
1: the Scarlet Shadow. The wildling spearwife is a different person.
3: Oh. It's my understanding
1: of that. Did I get that mixed up? Which is why John Keel Dark is got the red and all the red like that. Um, Actually, San Rixian modeled that off of my um, Danel Austin armor a little bit. Yeah, that looks Um, really good. But I'll go ahead and play. We've got another piece of art from San Rixian as well that maybe will communicate this better to Aziz. (laughs) yes john killed dark i got that mixed up in my head don't listen to me we don't have a name for the wildling spear Wife.
0: that's why Uh, no wonder i couldn't think of her name because she doesn't have one all right then. yeah there's
1: no no name for that wildling anyways
0: so that's really cool the idea that there's a wildling sworn sword is just a cool idea kind of reminds us a little bit of say osha you know Mm -hmm. osha maybe isn't quite as fantastic of a warrior but you know while there's not exactly a lot of Wildling women who aren't with the wildlings, right? Uh, they're they're all mostly with other wildlings, so that's pretty cool
3: mm-hmm.
0: Yes, John Keel was a noblewoman of House Dark. That's right. Of course. I sh- <laughs> Should have known that as soon as I said it cuz Dark we all know Dark is, is, is a cadet branch of the Darklands and well We don't all know that, but now you all know that <laughs> I knew the hard one and not the yeah, somehow
1: i mean, I guess Sean didn't <clears throat> know that, no, I
0: did not know that. <laughs> <laughs> Two-thirds of us know that <laughs> So <clears throat> yes. So uh, yes, we've got some other cool art here. There's I other- showed
1: the art. You got the good I've ones. Showed okay. the we art. got the good
0: ones, we got more later.
1: Yeah, fuck all the bad ones. <laughs> I'm gonna show those now.
0: We're gonna show the bad ones.
1: Um, but no, so anyways, we were talking about uh Sansa, but see my question here is if we're gonna make comparisons between Alaric and Elsan, is there a comparison of Jaharis to someone? And yeah. um A couple of things. One, we don't see a ton of Jaehaerys here, but we see some, which is that we see that he is politicking in the south, and he is interacting with people in Essos, basically.
0: Yes, he is trying to handle these free cities. Yeah,
1: so basically, if we're going to extend that, either who has already done that, or who is likely to do that? And the two people I think of are Jon Snow and Tyrion Lannister.
0: Yeah, I totally Uh, agree.
1: So whether which one of them... Will actually be doing that. I'm not sure, but it makes me think of a scenario where Jon is dealing with something else, or Tyrion is. Tyrion is a good match because he's actually technically married to Sansa.
0: Yeah, and Tyrion also, it, there's a lot Tyrion has in common with Jairus' number two man. His number one man is is not a man. It would be. Sand, but his number two is Septon Barth. And Tyrion and Septon Barth have quite a few things in common as well. So, well, I would
1: also compare um, if his number two man, Jaehaerys's number two man, is Septon Barth, then Jaharis and John are a good comparison because you have Septon Barth and um, Sam Tarly.
0: That's awesome. Very true. That's a great, great call. So there's actually a little more than just the excerpt here. There was a little bit extra that we got a hold of because George published a photo of himself with one of the pages open, and there's a little bit we could read uh, that's kind of would be effectively part of the rest of Fire and Blood that we haven't seen yet. And it's not very telling, it's not spoilery really. It's just a little bit about Jaharis talking about how he wants to build roads. And we know that's a big, important thing that he does in his reign to help unite the seven kingdoms. It's really easy to forget that before Jaharis, there was no King's Road, there was no Rose Road, there was no Gold Road. There were just pathetic, smaller not versions Rocky of Road. these. The Rocky Road, there was a Rocky Road. Cause <laughs> Westeros has had ice cream since the uh, the White Walkers first a came brief, on the scene. A brief
1: mention from Scott McCloy. He wants to. See, he says that he just picked up some bulldog beard oil, and he's loving it. What beard oil do you use?
2: <laughs> I, I don't actually use any beard oil. Well, that's people your problem. Have recommended it to me, but maybe uh...
1: Anyway, I knew it would be a short answer because I knew you didn't use it. That was
2: all. Just like <laughs> I don't either. Well, shout yeah. out to Davos Fingers there. Good I, to see you there, Scott. I woke up like this. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh so yeah, so some other parallels there. Jarris' reign is characterized by wanting to improve the realm, by wanting to create consensus, by wanting to bring things together. And that is a perfect example of what you're saying about how he's like John, because John was trying to bring cultures together that weren't that had never been together and that have a lot of issues with each other, the north and the south. In in Jahari's case, in John's case, we have the Seven Kingdoms and the Wildlings, right? That's an important one. He got in a lot of trouble for getting killed, literally. Yeah. Just, he happened to come back from that, but that is the main the main reason that happened. And as far as Alisan goes with them together, it's it's a little hard to see, like. If you think of Jairus' as Tyrion and Alessandra's Sansa, well, they were married for a little while.
1: <laughs> Scott McCloy correct, corrected you with something Who? that I was curious about.
0: Whoa, did I get my wrong Scots there?
1: Apparently. Well,
0: geez. I'm, well, still shout out to Davos Fingers. Wrong Scott. <laughs> Jeez, I'm all over the place today. Yeah, you i got are. my darks mixed up, my wildings mixed up. I better just sit here and drink more coffee while you guys go. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: but another thing that people wanted us to chat about for sure is the Silverwing stuff, which we touched on already a bit. Well, certainly there's a couple of things here. One is uh, how possible it is to sidestep, side-fly, so to speak. Side-fly. <laughs> uh, you can't cross the wall, but really you, it's not like it just goes out forever out into the ocean. You know, you, There has to be a certain point at which you can cross I don't know that that's that sort of uh, trickery is going to be how George addresses it. It seems kind of a cop out. Be like, well, we can't cross the wall with our dragons, but let's just fly out a few yards, a few hundred <laughs> yards to the ocean and then cross.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's a good point, and you wonder that like the the details here. But just to be clear, in case anyone hasn't read the sample, Silverwing three times refuses to cross the wall, which is as we you know as we have seen. In the tv show we see dragons pass the wall and we don't need to get into what happens there but just the idea that they don't can't cross the wall in the books or won't cross the wall is really interesting and it touches on the old thing we're told about the wall from the beginning is that magical creatures can't pass the wall so we see john struggling to communicate with ghosts when they're on opposite sides of the wall but on the other hand we have blood raven sending visions across the wall so it may be a matter of who's strong, or maybe Blood Raven is strong enough, and John wasn't. Mm-hmm. Um, or, or
2: clever enough, or lucky enough. Who knows? Uh, yes. Yeah, it's, it's, magic. It's, it's magic. I had a couple yeah. thoughts on it. Uh, one is, and, and again my perspective comes from the show first, so my thought when the dragon didn't cross the wall was that it was choosing not to. It was scared, it detected something dangerous or evil. Not
1: that the wall um, stopped it, but right. the dragon refused. Was like,
2: I'm not going over there, yeah. Okay. yeah. Um, now, I'm not sure how right I am, but that was just my perspective since on a show I see dragons go across. It didn't yeah. occur to me that it just wasn't able to, you know. Um, but furthermore, another thought that I had, because I do know, I am aware enough of things that the wall is some sort of magical barrier, right? Yeah. I know it's, it's accounted for, or attempted to account for when people are thinking about what's happening or what might happen. But this is a thought that I have. Let's just say that there's some, some law or rule or whatever, the magic can't get across the wall right well also i think it would be safe it wouldn't be crazy for someone to say that wildlings can't get across the wall except sometimes wildlings do get across the wall right sometimes they do generally speaking it can't but sometimes they do maybe generally speaking magic can't but sometimes it does yeah you know yeah
0: we have a good question here from Alexandra Sandu. Why can't Danny become the new Alicent? Well, she can absolutely yeah. she can, but there are a few things going against her. One is that she's aiming to conquer the Seven, to take it back by force, which is not very Alicent-like. Alicent is all about uh, negotiations, alliance building, consensus. building. now maybe Daenerys will. I see more will,
1: Jaehaerys in, uh, in, in Daenerys, like I think in, you're in, right. as much as I don't even think there are that many parallels. But I, off the top of my head, I can think of more between Jaehaerys actually.
0: Yeah, D- Jaehaerys being at the top with. A great cast of helpers who are maybe even more talented than he is. Yeah. Um, with so maybe dealing maybe a- with the
1: free cities and, and you know in general with Essos, um, and uh, again we've seen Daenerys. Like I do tend to think she she's she's not long for this world in general. But realistically, if she were to become queen long term, she I think she would be doing things like how he's building roads. I think that she would be trying to improve the lives of her people just based on her experiences in Slavers Bay.
3: Yeah.
0: We have another good um, question here from Preston Cox. How would ghosts pass through the wall if magic creatures cannot pass? Well, direwolves aren't magical creatures. The, 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 war, the bond between a human and an animal doesn't make either of them magical creatures. Like, John isn't a magical creature. Well, after resurrection, maybe you could say he is. <laughs> um,
3: so
0: that's not necessarily the best example. But, for example... Rob and Rickon. They're not magical creatures, but they apparently had a skinchanger bond with or have a skinchanger bond with their, war, with their with their direwolf. Direwolves are real animals and they're extinct on Earth, but they really did exist and George kind of borrowed that concept for his real direwolf or his direwolves in, in A Song of Ice and Fire. So... It's, they're not technically magical creatures. And if, and Melisandre apparently isn't a magical creature either because she can pass the wall as well. But she was born a human. She's become magical, whereas a dragon is just a magical creature. It's yeah. it's, it's, it's it's an engineered species, probably.
2: Also, let's just say that the dire wolves or Melisandre or whatever were magical. Again, it could be that I was speaking kind of generally about the idea that even though in general wildlings can't get across this wall, but... Sometimes they find a way, you know, Yes. but it may even, and this might be a whole Pandora's box to open, but there's been a lot of talk about the different types of magics, you know, in, in the world, you know, some maybe are religious or some are uh, green seers, or there's all different types of magic. And maybe some yeah. can pass the wall, not others, you know, that maybe it sense. even has to do with the time of day, how, whether, how close it is <laughs> to winter, you if know. Yeah, if it's at it's night, no. Yeah, it's a, <laughs> a, you can imagine that it'd be really easy George, I think, has kept it vague enough that he can play around with it. Does that make sense? But I bet that he, if he decided, he could, like, delineate rules that, would, yeah. that everything would fit into, you know. And
0: you were right to say that maybe it's not a barrier. Maybe the dragon just doesn't want to go. Because we do see a description of Silverwing struggling in the cold. He doesn't like it. Mm. He's sitting there uncomfortable, so it's not necessarily the barrier. I think I definitely lean that way. But it's good that you mentioned that because... We might be wrong. It might be George just kind of throwing us a little curveball here to get us thinking about that. But it's also interesting to think that he wrote it this way in response to the TV show and what they showed us there. To yeah. say, hey, look, it's going to be different. You know. Hey, look, be aware.
2: You know, maybe also the barrier used to be stronger. Maybe mm. the same reason the, the, the others are coming forth is the same reason that... The yeah. dragon couldn't pass before, but now it can. Maybe That's the magical barrier is degenerated, you know. But
0: think about this, think of the timeline here. At this point, this is fi- roughly 58 AC. We're almost 250 years prior to Game of Thrones. So that we don't think the others were awake yet. We're pretty sure they awoke in like the 290s, you know, cause the scene with the opening, that opening scene is a maybe 297. It's the, yeah. basically the only scene that happens before 298. Why would they bother
2: so. waking up if they can't even cross the wall? Now the barrier's down, It can cross the wall. Alright boys, let's go.
0: Who knows the ways of magical beings? <laughs> Others are definitely magical Martin beings.
2: Martin knows.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, so a little more about Fire and Blood. Um, I, <laughs> I liked the conversation between Alaric and Alysanne for several reasons. One, because it was a conversation. We got to see more characterization, which I mentioned already. But also, George is sneaky. He had Alaric say the word fewer. (laughs) He said fewer would be, she's like, how long are you going to stay? And he's like, she's like, oh, I'll not stay too long. I didn't
1: actually notice that. And he says,
0: fewer would be better. (laughs) (laughs) It's hilarious. So George is just always throwing that stuff in there. That's why you can never really, truly overanalyze the Song of Ice and Fire. There's, There's always something that we all missed. And that was just fun. That made me laugh out loud. I didn't catch it the first time either. It was on... The excerpt was short enough that I was able to read it four or five times, even though I got this Jonquil Dark thing wrong. It's not—I'm not showing, I'm not exhibiting the, my knowledge very well today. But um, we also caught a few other fun things, like the reference to the Manderlys there which was really neat. It's good, cool to see the Manderleys, and it was an interesting note that that White Harbor had never seen a dragon before. Mm-hmm. Aegon had gone north during his reign. But had never gone to White Harbor, apparently, which is really curious to me. We guessed in our Manderly episodes that he would, would have gone there because it's one of the only five cities in the entire country. And you would think he'd go there. But apparently he didn't. The small folk there had not seen a dragon. Do so, we
2: know about how old White Harbor was at that time?
0: Yeah, yeah. Roughly, White Harbor was maybe 700 years old. Okay, okay. But Agon, But of course, there hadn't been... Westeros had only been united fifty-some years before, so it was, you know, part of an independent north. So that's all really interesting. I wonder how. I wonder what George has in mind there, and I also wonder what he's showing us with the Sansa Stannis stuff here, the parallels, because we might not get that. You wonder, is this gonna happen in the in the in the books? We we see Stannis die earlier in the show than we expect him to die in the books. So may and we, we also suspect Sansa will go north, kinda like she does in the show, kinda like. Just the differences of what happens when she goes there, probably significant, but just the general idea of her going back to Winterfell at some point. And if Stannis is still there when this happens, we might get something like this. Like a Stannis Sansa conversation, and it might look a bit like what we're seeing with Alsan and Alaric. So it could be foreshadowing, but it also could just be, "Hey, look, you're never going to see Sansa and Stannis together. This is what it might be like." Because it's and it's fun. So, what do you guys think about that? I want to see some opinions from from y'all, but also from the chatters and and w- which way you interpreted Let, that, or maybe an entirely different
2: way. Let's say that did happen. Would the. Could, does this work? To Is there a parallel between John and Jaharis?
0: Oh, yeah, there could be, right? Because right? he's just, just the same. He's the uniter. He's trying to bring the kingdoms together. He's trying to be a king that listens to everybody.
2: And he's the one that potentially Stannis would recognize as the real. He wouldn't acknowledge Sansa, right? Probably but she not. would still be there with some amount of authority and she would. Maneuver through a conversation with him, trying to convince him. But really, he's just waiting for John to show up. Yeah, know? maybe. Well, there's one thing to keep in mind in that is if Santa if assuming Sansa shows
0: up roughly the way we expect her to, she may have the entire Vale knight uh, army with her. Sansa would have to take her a lot more seriously if she had, you know, the rough equivalent of what we saw on the TV show of several thousand. Veiled well, Nights. you
2: might argue that Alaric should have taken Alice more seriously than he did, even you know. Like- well,
0: that's true, but he was just, you know, he. I don't think he was. He was rude to her, but he wasn't, like, hostile. He wasn't violent. He wasn't, like, threatening. You know what I mean?
2: Not that I expect Stannis to be, either. No, no. But he still was, I feel like, part of the reason for his attitude because he's waiting for... uh... What was that? It's always sunny. We're like, oh, here's a man. Here's someone in charge. Oh,
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're expecting, yeah, expecting yeah. Stannis yeah.
0: to
2: be really sexist. It's
0: like, this and is the, a strange The, the gang
1: escapes. Yeah. Your boss the is a man. escape room yeah. Mep, yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, the escape room app also. Yes, yeah. yes. <laughs> yes. Both of them, they do it really well.
2: <laughs> is it time?
1: Um, It's 2.37. We should give people another minute because okay. uh, we said 2.37. Now it's 2.38.
2: Okay, so yes. Sam Rickson says Starks are kind of rude in general. They're kind of cold in general, so maybe <laughs> it's rude, yeah. Yeah, yeah we okay. haven't seen too many
0: like super happy party Starks yet. Maybe was... Or a
2: super polite sweet Starks either. Yeah, Ned know, is like... friendly, but he's not like... Yeah, I mean
1: the... we haven't seen much of Brandon yeah. Stark in person. Yeah. I imagine him to be more charismatic, but still kind of like moody. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Is what I picture from him, not like necessarily kind, but... I imagine he's not so cold.
2: Starks are all emo.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Rixian, can you
2: do emo versions of, of all the Starks? the Starks? Oh, you know she can. Yeah, yeah you know I'm she can. sure she could. I'm surprised she would
1: be... John with black
0: eyeliner. No. Yeah, uh,
1: that's hilarious. Okay, so we've got, let's see our submissions here.
0: Someone earlier in the chat said, Harrington's hair is magical, so he can't pass the wall.
2: Oh, someone said Steven well, Stark is pretty polite. <laughs> Steven Stark pretty, is, uh, is very chipper That's true. For a Stark.
3: <laughs>
2: what about Skippy Stark. <laughs> so yeah, Shae is,
3: is
0: counting the entries here. We're going to determine a winner shortly. So okay, let we'll let her do I that to do this while random
1: we random number generator here on Google.
0: Okay. Here we go. Let's see. And what the winner it is. is drum roll.
1: We'll find out. I'll count this way.
0: Uh, <laughs> the war drums. This is who it says. Terrell Reed. Terrell Reed, Number you are the winner 11. of the bath bombs. Terrell, I've, I've had conversations with Terrell in yes. an email before, so that is a recognizable. I just
1: going to reply so that I just have it there for myself.
0: Congrats to Terrell. You are the winner of some bath bombs. You should send us your address. Uh, Shea is sending you an email. Please respond with your address, and we'll ship that out to yeah. you this week. Very cool. So that's how this works. That's how our giveaways are going to work in the future. It's pretty simple. You we'll send the emails during more the time in this frame. Episode. Yeah, we'll be giving away the signed book before the end, and that's going to be fun. So, how are you doing on time in general? Here, we're
1: about to. We're at the hour mark. We're okay. halfway through.
0: So we're about halfway through.
1: We'll pass um, now. We'll
0: talk a little more about Fire and Blood. Then we'll take our mid-roll break. Sean, will have to leave. We'll come back and talk some more about um, other about WorldCon and about Dark Sister and a few other things. So. Um, what did we not talk about on the excerpt yet? Was there any other thoughts that you had? Or should I dredge up a few other ideas that I had? You, what about you, Shay? Anything from you as well?
1: Um, no, I'm totally, my mind is on the, the giveaway, which I just had to deal with. I of wasn't course. listening to you one bit while I counted <laughs> all of
3: that.
2: So, no. Tough but fair. Uh, cool. Yeah. Do what you got to do. So I don't have a thought off the top of my head, but you might spark something.
0: So. Okay. So, a few other ideas was Allison going to the wall? right? This is something we'd heard had happened already. This is something we knew about way in advance. This is something that's been mentioned since back in Game of Thrones. This is something that George had planned early on. We don't know exactly what he had planned, but he created the characters of Jaehaerys and Alysanne really early in the whole process. And the idea that one of the Night's Watch castles was abandoned and a new one was built that was more suited to their current status. Because of course, as we know, the Night's Watch has been around for thousands of years and... It's changed over time. Um, by the time Game of Thrones starts, the Night's Watch has really fallen on hard times. Uh, you know, there's only a few hundred people left that go there. Now, at the time here, there's quite a few more. We see about, I think it's 800 are mentioned to show up just to be present themselves for Al-San. The Night's Watch doesn't even have 800 at all in quote-unquote modern times. And there were even more than that back when Aegon had led the Conquest, which is only about 58 years prior to this excerpt. One of the, this is a bit of an aside, but it's long been theorized and a theory I I fully agree with is that as good as the conquest was for peace throughout Westeros, in a lot of ways, it kind of wrecked the wall. It kind of wrecked the Night's Watch because a lot of the Night's Watch's manpower source was losers in wars. And the King's Peace kept those wars from happening. Those wars weren't happening anymore. You weren't allowed to go fight each other. Back in, when, in the days of the Seven Kingdoms, people were kind of... Allowed to fight each other, but under one rule, no more. So, you can see this gradual decline play out when you see 250 years before, where they had 800, 1,000, 1,500 men. At the time of Aegon's Conquest, they had 20 to
3: 30,000. It whoa. declined
0: rapidly. So it kind of gives you an idea of that, that manpower sources cut off really fast. And the reason we know he had that many is because the Lord Commander of the Wall at the, during Aegon's Conquest was the brother to the King Hor, uh, King Har- Harwin Hor. And he it was using ex- as an example of a Lord Commander who did it right. He didn't go fight for his brother. He didn't bring his sword south like a Lord Commander isn't supposed to do. I'm Jon Snow. But uh, never mind. Um, <laughs> so that's uh, so that's an interesting sort of historical um, timeline that we get a little more information on, the whole decline of the Night's Watch. And this is Alessand's building of... Queen's crown is the name of the castle that she built for the Night's Watch in their smaller status and uh, That's um, All you know, that's just something that I think is really cool that we'll probably learn even more about once we get the full excerpt Um, The building of the Kings Road and the Rose Road is really huge too because Without the unity between the kingdoms without trade and back and forth, they don't get to know each other as well, right? The North is really isolated. Why would you send trade caravans through the neck the swamplands where there's bogs and rumors of worse things and it's cold and they don't have a lot of money up there people would just trade within the south and because of that there's less back and forth between the north and the south which means they don't get to know each other as well which means they're not as friendly so there's just a lot of incentive for the kingdom to be united to prevent infighting later you know it's kind of like what we see with. It's why Ned was said to live with Robert when they were teenagers so that they'd be friends when they were adult lords and so they would be less likely to fight each other. It's a similar concept.
2: You know, in the military, uh, you get moved around every approximately every two years. And, you know, the idea is that good habits get spread to different units, you know, something one unit is doing. When you go to your new unit two years later, you bring that with you, and bad habits get broken up, you know, groups oh. of people who might not be doing things, you
0: know, it's signing like in off. like that
1: episode of Always Sunny uh... in Philadelphia, when the Time's Up episode, Sean, where <laughs> yeah. they split the group up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm right. sorry, yeah. I just... <laughs> <laughs>
0: We love It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, in the case you're New you guys season couldn't is on sell. right now, yes. so
1: it's extra on our brain. <laughs> uh.
0: And of course, there are connections between Sunny and Game of Thrones, little bits, little bits. Uh. So that, that that helps justify. Yeah, no, we don't need to justify. No. <laughs> <laughs> we do what we want. Oh. Yeah. Um, both David and Dan appeared in the water slide, the water park episode from. Two seasons ago, last season, yeah, last season. Anyway, seasons. didn't
1: they, they directed an episode yeah, too? Right? They directed, an they directed the Flowers, Flowers for, for Charlie. Charlie. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, <laughs> Bob McElhaney has also moderated Game of Thrones panels. Yes, yeah.
0: he loves so, it. And, and
1: I whatever. Okay, that. that was a digression. And now I know better <laughs> not to crack a stupid joke. <laughs> you take it super seriously.
0: <laughs> I'm the Alaric here. There are no jokes. Yeah. <laughs> Only serious. <laughs> fewer references to yeah. not less. Fewer. <laughs> it's fewer always sunny. sunny.
2: Is not a joke.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. It's... Uh, I, I think the North would be insulted by that phrase. It's always sunny, are you kidding me? They, <laughs> they live in that cold North. That's a, that's a... that's just a not friendly thing to say to them. Uh, okay, so what else do we have? We have um, some of the other impor- important parts in the excerpt. The idea that... Well, one thing interesting that we see that uh, some, some, some of the Twitteros crew, I believe it may have been Joe Magician that pointed this out first, at least the first that I saw was, Jaehaerys is the conciliator. He's the guy that gets credit for doing so much. And I think he deserves a lot of that credit, but it's clear that his his so his inner circle gets a lot of that credit. If not, maybe even more than him. And that inner circle includes Alysanne, who we see a lot of in the excerpt, and Barth, who will presumably see quite a lot more in the full excerpt. But it's interesting to see Jeharis, the conciliator, the guy who's supposed to be really good at negotiations and bringing people together failing to unite these free cities in their negotiations while Alysanne is just doing a great job in the north of, of working mm. it with Al- Alaric and working it with the Night's Watch and getting them to respect her and like and being likable which is another thing about Santa she kind of just whoever she goes sometimes people are a little suspicious of her but she kind of turns them around you know she got people even in the midst of her getting brutalized in King's Landing by Joffrey and other people she still had an effect on people, especially people like Sandor, but also like Aris Oakheart, you know, who still beat her, but really hesitated and argued and and Sansa thinks about how he pulled his punches, you know, and that's that seems like a minor thing and it is because he's still beating her, but Sansa's personality, I think was a big part of of him holding back,
2: you know, and it's also worth noting she got to Theon in a way Theon's own sister couldn't even. Very true.
0: That's a great point so I think that Al- Alisanne's obviously in a much bigger position of power than Sansa was Sansa has to rise above all these terrible circumstances where San was you know it's weird to call she a high she had lo- a dragon yes, she's yes, doing dragon. okay <laughs> yeah, she- <laughs> but during her of course during her younger age during her <laughs> younger years which we will see she was Um, ha- she had a difficult time of it when she was younger because they're Uncle? I, I forget. No, older brother. No, uncle. Oh. Yeah, Uncle Magor was took the throne, you know, and terrorized their half of the family, including killing their older brother Viserys through torture. So <laughs> it wasn't all great for them coming up. Baylissan. Baylissan, that's pretty good. <laughs> Tyrell's is just realizing. Oh, uh, Tyrell has won. won the, uh... Yes, please respond to the email that Ashea sent back to you. Yeah, I'm sure just you. with your address and all that. So yes, you are it first is awesome. winner. And someone says he was in the bathroom while he won, and someone else said just like a reed, <laughs> hanging out at Graywater Watch when the action's happening. Now you're still a winner. <laughs> so okay, well let's um let's do our mid roll.
1: Yeah, I want to see through. if the sound plays for this. I'm worried it won't, and I'll we'll have to do some testing.
0: Okay, so yeah, we, what we're going to do during this mid roll is we're going to rearrange our chairs.
2: We're going to say
1: goodbye to Sean. Say goodbye to Sean He's for gonna now. He's going to
2: go work. He's got to go to work. It was so awesome to do this. I miss it. It was yeah. not awesome at all. I, I wish you weren't Saturday. here. Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> please
1: <laughs> get please. out of here now. Scram. <laughs> Fine.
2: Screw you guys.
0: Please support our new Patreon goal so we can get a regular <laughs> instance <residence laughs> of this to have Sean here uh, once a month at, at the least and we will be showing you a cool video during this little interim. There is a really cool project called Unseen Westeros, which some of you have seen us share on social media. A lot of other creators like Elio and Linda and a lot of our other fellow podcasters out there are sharing this around as well. It is a labor of love created by A lot of different artists who, many of whom worked on the TV show with set design and background design and artwork and all kinds of really, really talented people. And they've created an exhibit, a labor of love. Like I said, it's in Germany right now. And they're hoping to get enough money to expand it and maybe have it go on tour. We'll see. You can contribute to their Kickstarter if you are interested and like what you see. So Shay's yeah. gonna play the little video.
1: You're gonna comment and tell me if you don't hear any sound and then I'll restart it, because I, I cannot test that. Yeah, so please uh, right, maybe, let us yeah.
0: know, help us out here. We're having a some minor technical difficulty and we'll see Sean next say time. Bye Everybody bye you say goodbye goodbye say Sean. saying
2: bye to me. <laughs> right. Hopefully Just, see you again soon. Goodbye yes. Sean's
1: legs. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, the power of my thighs. You yeah. see everyone do yoga and you'll get power thighs too. Okay. <laughs>
1: We're back. And right. you guys all had sound. It's in Berlin, Germany. Um, Bengalis Ram, who's asking that question. So hopefully, Berlin is uh, possible for you to get to. And
0: I Also, if you really liked the exhibit and you like what you saw, there's other links you can check out. But also, I want to recommend... Elio and Linda, uh, who who of course wrote The World of Ice and Fire along with George R. Martin and are the creators of Westeros.org. Yeah, who? (laughs) And they did a video. They toured the event already. They've been there. And they did a video on it and gave some behind-the-scenes info and showed a few other shots of it. Some really cool artwork, including dragons attacking the Roinar, a shot of Stegai. some really cool artist interpretations. There's a shot of Laura. It's really good. It's worth watching. Um... So I I highly recommend that. So um, what are some other mid-roll events we have? I want to mention
1: all of our guest spots. We already talked about Secrets of the Citadel, but we're also on um, Gray Area next week, October 23rd. I will be on it too, a rare appearance by me.
0: That's right. That will be, I don't know what day that's going up, probably to, to about a day or two afterwards. We're oh, going to record yeah. on the 23rd, but it's. I don't think it's a live stream.
1: Yeah, I guess I was assuming it was, but I guess you're right. I, I believe it's,
0: it a we'll, well, it'll either be up on the October 23rd, 24th, 25th, I would guess. But we'll, uh, we'll, we'll update you all on that. We're recording a guest episode with Boiled Leather Audio Hour with Stefan Sasa, and that'll be recording on November 6th. And, well, I expect that would be out probably within the week after that or so. Also, want to give a shout out to Night's Cast, which is the new Watchers on the Wall podcast, which is a rotating cast because Watchers on the Wall has a lot of people, and they have a lot of different fun people that are most of whom we know personally from conventions. And they've been having a lot of fun. Their episode—I think they've done three episodes, maybe four—and we're going to be a guest on there as well. We record with them on December first, and oh, I Saturday. imagine that's a Saturday. I imagine that episode will be up a day or two after that, probably. Not really sure what their turnaround time is on that, but. Should it should be pretty quick, so that'll be fun. Mm -hmm. Then also, I want to give a shout out to our friend Joe Buckley, who has helped us with writing several times, uh, particularly with Manderly, and um, as well as he's done help for us with our season seven coverage and uh, some other stuff as well. He's starting his own podcast. It hasn't doesn't have an episode yet, but just want to get the word out. It's called The Isle of Faces and it's a very fandom-focused podcast. He's going to be doing a lot of interviews with creators within the fandom. I believe they have already recovered, already recorded an episode with Davos's fingers. I'm not sure about that but he's also got uh, an episode lined up. Yeah, I don't was- trust
1: anything you have to say after your are <laughs> this episode. Just don't listen to him. Yeah, don't listen to
0: me. Michael <laughs> Klarfeld as well is going to be on an episode of Isle of Faces.
1: Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. That's cool. So- we are trying to get some of these artists on to... An episode too, by the way. We wanted to have Michael on an episode. We haven't asked him even, but
0: we're gonna. We wanted to be like. Why
1: haven't we done this? We literally we're like we have this right here behind us. Every episode we have. Yeah, we should be on there.
0: Huh. Well, th- shout out to everyone in the chat who is recognizing <laughs> Ashaya's pain right now. Ashea fell down some stairs, luckily, luckily landed on her butt, which, if you're going to fall downstairs, that's the best thing to yeah, land on. Well, but I'm, that doesn't mean it doesn't hurt full a lot. The whole
1: story is that I was holding three glasses in my hand and I slipped down the stairs and I was so dedicated to not breaking the glasses that instead I hurt my tailbone. So. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to go to Six Flags tomorrow also and like I'm gonna ride roller coasters and I'm like, I don't know about that. (laughs) But it hurts.
0: Ouch. You're gonna be sore. You're gonna need a you're gonna need to go to the Masseuse and just have a butt massage. Um, so yeah, so thanks for, uh, tripping it out. <laughs> she have people saying that Shea is a trooper and that Heshea is yeah. the best and these things are all and very all well,
1: the people talking about trying a squishy pillow or cushion, it honestly doesn't help that much. It just makes it harder for me to adjust.
0: Yeah. She's already on a very comfortable, cushy Yeah. Seat. I think
1: it's pretty cushy it can't Anyways, really be more um,
0: cushy.
1: <laughs> So yeah. Oh, Peter Griffin asked, did the drink survive? Yes. I did not break a glass. She, so. she
0: gave up her buttocks to yeah. save these glasses. So the, the glasses are grateful.
1: <laughs> um so anyway so we've got all of that i want to i want to give that's a shout out to
0: yeah i want to do i also want to give it that is our oh yeah we do have more feature collaborations but i want to give a, you
1: there's a lot of announcements
0: i want to give a shout out to rita uh rita of the copper main as well for the Ashaya is the that's best that, shirt. That, yeah that, and that that's, the, that's
1: the someone that took a video of sean dancing
0: someone. <laughs> the someone <laughs> so i will be wearing the Ashaya is the best shirt probably on our next live stream
1: Mm. So
0: y'all can see it and be I don't jealous. know why you don't
1: wear it every day.
0: Yeah, well, I would, I would not be the best if I wore the same shirt every day. <laughs> I can't be the best. I couldn't even be second best. I would be the stinkiest. <laughs> uh, so, future collaborations as well. We're not done mentioning the collaborations, folks. We're gonna have a collaboration with Kings and Generals, the YouTube channel, next year before the season. Doing some Battles of the War of Five Kings presentations. They do really good work with their battle presentations. Uh, Jim McGeehan and us and Radio Westeros and Stephen Atwell, I believe, maybe I'm missing somebody, but we're all combining to do something that was an extension of a panel we did at Ice and Fire Con, which was the Militias of Westeros, which talks about the different weaponry and fighting styles of the different areas of the Seven Kingdoms. And that went over really well as a panel, so we're going to do it as an episode. We haven't figured out exactly how it's going to be presented, but most of the script is written already. Jim's put the bulk of the work into that, and the rest of us have contributed, so that'll be really fun. And Also, speaking of Radio Westeros, we're doing a multi-part Dance of the Dragons collaboration with them, something we've talked about for a while, but we've known we're going to have to wait for Fire and Blood to come out in order to do that. So once Fire and Blood comes out, it's going to be one of our first projects And, of course, it's always great when we do stuff with Radio Westeros. They're fantastic at what they do, and we have so much in common with them, and we love working with them because we're all such good friends and work together really well. So that is good and something to look out for. A good way to keep track of all these guest episodes, because I know you guys can't possibly remember everything I just said about all the different guest episodes, is to join our Facebook group. That is one of the best places to keep track of news on what's coming up outside of our, our own activity stream. And Mm -hmm. with that in mind, of course, our Facebook group is just history of Westeros podcast on Facebook. You can't, it's hard to not find if you just do that search. I want to give a shout out to our mods who do a fantastic job keeping the discussions going, keeping them clean. We don't really have much problems with trolling. Or people who who are or bad, discuss- or do we? Maybe they just do such a good yeah. job that we don't even notice it. It could be that. It could be that. So shout out to Laura, Scott, Rebecca, Ari, Jennifer, and Tomas. All of whom are also patrons. So thank you all for your multi-tiered support of History of Westeros. We love you guys very much. And I get to chat with you all regularly in our group chat. That's really fun. Um, also, just a quick mention. A lot of ways to support History of Westeros is on our website, historyofwesteros.com. Want to give a shout out to the Last Kingdom TV show and books, which we're fans of. I've read all the books. I just finished the newest book, War of the Wolves, last night while I was... Just having the bath bomb and I was my glittered up reading about I was Vikings laughing at and at Saxons was so hard. She was laughing at me.
1: He yeah, I mean, just looked so funny. He was she so was, glittery. I was
0: really glittery.
3: Anyways,
1: I'm surprised I still don't have any. <laughs> yeah, it's
0: weird that it's somehow not on. Oh, there's one. There's some oh, glitter yeah, on my arm. Next at. to this ugly bruise on <laughs> my arm. So uh yeah, so that's really nice. Um the uh, the Last Kingdom stuff, the books are coming out. Season 3 is about to drop on Netflix as well. Netflix uh, picked up the show, so it was harder to watch before, but seasons 1 and 2 are on there. They take place in around 860 A.D. There's Vikings, there's Saxons, and there's lots of good fighting and strategy and psychology. It's really good stuff, so I highly recommend that. I would recommend the show. People are asking. And
1: so would I.
0: Yes, and Sean likes it too. There's only 16 episodes, two 8-episode seasons. Well made clever Especially if you like the show Vikings you'll almost certainly like last kingdom but if you don't like Vikings you still might like yeah last I, kingdom. I don't
1: like Vikings very much because I don't like all the mysticism in it to be honest that's one of the turnoffs I know that it's not that much but it was just so yeah, early on you're right
0: it's not that much but it's definitely it's, there it's
1: there and I just don't appreciate it whereas last kingdom is a little a little more rooted in reality it is it's like. a lot
0: it sticks to history a lot more um yeah. uh but it's interesting because they're around around the same time period Vikings the TV show kind of plays with chronology a little more but it starts around <laughs> 800
1: says in all caps, Last Kingdom is way better than
0: Vikings. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wouldn't disagree. I like them both, but there's a lot more Vikings to sink your teeth into. There's only 16 episodes of Last Kingdom. So if you like Vikings, you'll probably like Last Kingdom. If you don't like Vikings, you still might like Last Kingdom like a Yeah. Uh, Sean and I like them both quite a lot. So, um, Even despite, you know, acknowledging some of their flaws. So mm-hmm. that's that. Let's move on back to some, the, some
1: information so, we've got yeah. ch- stuff to talk about here with um, worldcon yeah. and an event that we went to right before worldcon it was technically a worldcon affiliated event i bundle it in but it was an evening with john picasio um a conversation between george r, r. martin and john Picasso, who is in a song of ice and fire that i'm sure you guys are all familiar with and just a really nice guy and he was the um guest of honor and the MC at WorldCon and all that. Yeah, WorldCon. Met him a few times before.
0: That's right. He's a really, like I said, he's I a really mean, friendly guy. He's promoting. He did this
1: awesome initiative that, like, he really raised the bar for every guest, like, of honor for a WorldCon. He did the Mexiconics initiative, which is where he bought, I think, fifty yes, different 50. like Mexiconics, not just like like artists, writers, but fans too. And so, like, it was just this like shot of of new energy and young life and all of that into World. World Con, which is kind of an old and and staid, you know, type of convention. I mean, it's been going on. This is the 76th World Con. So some people yeah. have been going to cons, to World Con in particular, for their whole lives and they're 80 years old, you know, now. Yeah, so, it's, it's, it's wild bad. to
0: think about how long it's been around. And mm-hmm. yeah, John Bakashi is a wonderful guy, really charismatic, really just a giving guy. And he's won like something like seven or eight Art Hugos. Oh, yeah, like,
1: yeah. dang,
0: the guy is decorated <laughs>
1: Big, Big Kev619SD says what up guys just here to say hi and donate to a good cause keep up the good work the great thank you,
0: work thank you thank you for the super chat we appreciate it as always folks you can send super chats with questions or just to if you want a message you want us to broadcast everybody else yep, we we're are. happy to do it
1: so um, back to that so um,
0: the evening ahead event of,
1: yeah the evening event ahead of it John Picasso, we have him on Facebook and he had said that he was going to have this and he was going to open it up to Q&As so we prepared our questions you know for quite a while but i have to tell you it wasn't until like a day or two before that aziz was like oh i thought of the perfect question you could ask and it was did blood raven take dark sister to the wall and the reason that we deliberate over this is because george is real tricky he can really sidestep a question, so you have to like get it just right. But then you you face the issue of it maybe being too long, which also allows him to sidestep it or not understand it. Or this is not our first, radio, yeah. I, I, our first rodeo, or was my first? My first question. I've I've had some disappointing answers and I've had some satisfying answers. But let me tell you, this this answer is the highlight of maybe my year. I was very happy with it, honestly. My question. I guess I'll just play it for you guys. You can listen to the whole clip. That's As right. It happens. Here is
0: a fun. So fun hopefully moment. you guys
1: can hear this and
0: listen to listen for the sound of me yelling. Yeah, oh, you what? can hear the crowd.
1: You can hear someone go, "Yes, Nishaya, <laughs> barely, barely." Okay, let's see if this plays. Hi there. I love your uh, histories. I'm really excited for the illustrated Fire and Blood coming out. Um, so I had a history based question. I was curious if Bloodraven took Dark Sister with him to the Wall. Did Bloodraven take Dark Sister with him to the wall, his sword?
3: Did Bloodraven take Blood Sister
1: with him? Dark Sister. Dark Dark Sister. Yes, he did. Yes. Awesome. (laughs) Thank you so much. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Blood Sister. Blood Sister. So that
0: that was a really amazing moment. We were excited that he gave us a straight answer with no hedging. It was just... Yes. (laughs) Yes, <laughs> so that was really fantastic. It made the the night would have been amazing without that, but that really made the night. And, like I said, really gotta engineer your questions right with George. Like you yeah. said, he can, he can squeak out of them. He can go I off mean, on a tangent. Let me
1: tell you my most disappointing question. I've probably talked about it many times before, which is I asked him and I said a, a bit about it. I asked about um, the unnamed princess of Dorne, basically, and what <laughs> her name was. I said we'd heard so much about her because she had an impact on Doran and Oberin and uh, yada, yada yada. I said a whole thing. He said in his reply to me, and this is immediately after reading the history of the Westerlands from the World of Ice and Fire, to be clear, full of dead characters, he says, well, she's dead.
3: Mm. Like. Dang it.
1: So upset. And I was like, I almost burst into tears. I was like, I really (laughs) didn't expect him to say that to me, honestly. So now I'm like, super on edge to not get something that I'm emotionally invested in. asked, (laughs) (laughs) But, Our good friend Lauren, Joanna Lannister of uh, pre-Game of Thrones and ASOF University, she did ask him this question again. She asked him what the unnamed Princess of Dorne's name is and basically asked uh, if it was Lareza based on Oberyn's naming scheme for his children, if you're not familiar with it. He named his kids with Ilaria after him and his brother and sister. Because we've got, you know, Obella, Dorea, and um, Elia. And so then we have Loreza there. Anyways, that's a digression. But he asked, she asked him that too. And he was like, I think you've thought about this more than I have.
3: <laughs> yeah,
0: which was <laughs> not the answer we wanted to hear.
3: <laughs>
0: uh-huh. Oh, well, what can you do? So maybe he'll... F- fix that later. He'll give us that name. Maybe Arianne will think of her grandmother or something like that. Yeah. There's still a chance. There's still a chance. I hope. He has heard the fandom, and maybe he will respond. Now...
1: Aziz asked a question, too?
0: Let's, uh Let's have Ashea play that clip as well.
1: Okay, let's see.
0: Hi there. Um, my question is pretty simple. Did uh, Bittersteel have children? Oh, did Bittersteel have children? Yeah. Uh, no, I don't think so.
1: Okay. That was it. Cool. Simple.
0: Yeah. So not as impactful. But he thought
1: about it for a second. Absolutely. While we play the clip is that you can hear what, you know, what he actually, how he reacted to it. And I want to clarify that one of the reasons he was hesitant about some answers is that um, he... Couldn't hear very well there. Like, when you're on stage on a big stage like that, and we've experienced this ourselves, you can get a little bit of a weird echo, and sometimes it can get really bad. And so, he basically, there were some questions that were harder yeah. for him to answer.
0: He kind of left the door open for Bittersteel having kids by. He said, I don't think so. Yeah. But I, I think we can close the door on that unless we get newer info, unless he, you know, something else comes up that yeah. makes us say, well, maybe he decided to change his mind on that or decided that he, the, the, 99% is actually the 1% there. Uh, uh, so, let's talk about the Dark Sister bit, though. I think this is, there's uh, a lot of, this is... Let's
1: talk about, you now we set the stage here. Yeah, now
0: that we've set the stage, that the Better Still thing just kind of changes the possibilities yeah. for him, but it doesn't really change a whole lot. It just kind of narrows down the possibilities for Blackfire. So, with Bloodraven
1: uh, taking Dark Sister to the Wall, the question is whether he took it beyond the Wall... Or if he took it, maybe that's my next question for him in another convention. So did Bloodraven <laughs> take Dark Sister beyond the wall? Did he take it to, beyond the wall or did he leave mm. it at the wall? Probably it's in the cave, but that, that is a question.
0: So if the, I think the first thing to address, these are all really good questions, but the first thing to address I think is a little before that, which is some people are really surprised that he was allowed to take such a valuable weapon, such a valuable heirloom to the wall. I am not that surprised, to be honest. First of all, There's nothing that tells us that it was a permanent thing. Bloodraven has no descendants. When he dies, that sword could easily be returned to King's Landing and go back to the Targaryen family. There's nothing preventing that from being the arrangement. That could have been an understanding they have. So I can't, I don't buy this, there's no way they would allow that to happen. Because if they had an arrangement like that, that totally cancels out any concerns about him giving away the sword forever. But also I don't think that Dark Sister is as important as people are making it out to be. It's nothing like Blackfyre. It was never symbolic of the Targaryen crown. It was never associated directly with rule. It was just a a really fancy nice sword that a lot of different Targaryens held, but never the ruling Targaryen. It was always a second son or a third son or Aegon the Dragon sorry, Aemon the Dragon Knight being in the King's Guard, all that. Also, look what happened when they treated a sword as really important. The Blackfyre rebellions could not have happened if people didn't care as much. Well, they would have been, it would have been harder for them to happen if people didn't care so much about the value of Blackfire, the meaning behind it. So I think, in a sense, Aegon V was saying, yeah, Dark Sister doesn't matter that much. He's, he's casting doubt on its value so that no one can use it the way that Blackfire was used as a symbol of legitimacy yeah so i'm not I, I don't agree necessarily with the arguments that this shouldn't have happened um so
1: now that we talk about why it's fine for it to ha- have happened whatever. yeah if you can come up with this is the thing about things like plot holes or anything like that if, if you can think about it for a good minute and think about any any solution to it even if it's not the most satisfying it's not a damn plot hole there's yeah. a solution. You just might not be super happy with it, but it's, yeah. it, there is an answer.
0: There's sometimes it's something we haven't thought of yeah. Like, I think we've given some good possibilities, but it might be something entirely... Yeah outside of what we've talked about. So um,
1: so let's talk about who might end up with Dark Sister and yeah. the implications of this, which is the more exciting subject.
0: I would guess he had it with him when he vanished because yeah, he I was would, ranging.
1: Yeah, I would guess that <laughs> as well. I think it's in the cave. He had it with him when he vanished. Um, yeah. So the thing that we frequently um, speculate on, and there's a few angles of this, but the idea basically is that it would leave the cave through Mira and them leaving so that maybe Mira wields it for a while and either she dies, boo-hoo, or she naturally gives it to someone who's better with sword than she is. Yeah,
0: she's a nutman. It could be
1: Arya Stark, the dark sister um, of the Stark family, basically, who needs a a little shorter, smaller of a blade. that would fit her better. And so I am fond of Dark Sister personally going to Arya, but there are some other options, too.
0: Yeah, I I also I agree, fully agree with you. I think Arya is by far the most likely. I think maybe what we saw on TV with her getting the cat's paw dagger yeah, is sort of the parallel for her having dark sister, and it may be that she.
1: Yeah, I feel like they wanted her to have some Valyrian steel. Yeah, and she will have it in the books too.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. And but you're right; there are other possibilities. Mira could just yeah, keep it. Keep she it, could yeah. end up keeping it. Yeah. Um
3: it I, could, I
1: do have some people bring up Jon as a possibility, and there's two reasons for this for me. That I think it's valid, it's fine. Uh, well, a few reasons. One is that he's a Targaryen, he's a Targaryen bastard, it's a Targaryen blade, and yeah. Stay in the family, whatever. The other is, um, he might lose Longclaw, he might not have Longclaw, whatever. He needs to have Lyria blade, he's a big hero, you know, whatever. It's that also seems possible for yeah. me. A bigger aspect of it and this is just my own thoughts which is and if you listen to this show you probably know that i'm a big fan of john visenya snow and I, I see john as i i personally envision Rhaegar thinking that he was going to have another daughter he's going to complete the three heads of the dragon he had aegon he had rainies now he has visenya that's john's middle name it didn't matter if he was a bastard, yada, yada. <laughs> which, Visenya wielded Dark Sister. So I get a little kick out of the idea of John wielding Dark Sister if he was a Visenya, basically.
0: I, I totally, I like that a lot. Um, of course, yeah, I would. it would create a little little bit of weirdness where he has to give Longclaw to someone yeah, else. Yeah, either, either not, uh, Longclaw is
1: destroyed or lost or something, truly, or he just yeah. gives it to Jorah or to one of the Mormont women who are up there in the mm, north. Like,
0: yeah, could be, could be. There's a bunch of
1: Mormonts that it could go to. That's true. And he's very honorable. But I, I still, I, I would say I'm like 90, 95% Arya. Yeah. Gets it,
3: I agree. and I I'm there's agree. the other
1: five percent is like maybe John or maybe Mira, and he, again I feel like Mira's pot like Mira could bring it to John or she could bring it to Arya.
0: Yeah, so I think uh, she's a good like tiny kind of chance it just doesn't appear at all. Tiny yeah,
1: I chance, think that's I think. True as I think well. the fact that
0: George had thought about its fate and decided that Bloodraven took it is an yeah. argument against that it won't appear. I think it will appear, but we gotta th- you know for being thorough, we yeah, gotta it's throw not that mentioned
1: out there. in the main books for so right. long at all, not at, at all,
0: not at all. Nor is Blackfire.
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh, hard to say.
0: So. Yeah, uh, Joe Magician with a great question. Did do we think that? Um, do we think that Rangers were sent out to look for? He, he suggests they went to look for the sword, but I think they would also go to look for their Lord Commander. They would want both. They would want to find out what happened to him. He vanished beyond the wall. That was their Lord Commander. Like, where did he go? That you wouldn't just say, ah, oh well, he's gone. That's. I think they would send some people out, and who knows what they found? Probably nothing. I mean, they probably didn't find the cave.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> Um, whatever happened with him too, though, like he was presumably not alone. And of course, we're getting into the weeds here, but that's this is where some of the cold hands was a Ravens Tooth guy, um, which I love that theory. I think it fits really well. But um, yeah, is that what so- they would
1: call them a Ravens Tooth. <laughs> the raven's teeth
0: are a singular he's like a molar or an incisor yeah
1: do they have like that's my question is within the raven's teeth are they delineated like based on where they are in the mouth
0: definitely Uh, the sergeants are the incisors The lieutenants are the molars yeah (laughs)
1: lieutenant molar dark for you
0: (laughs) (laughs) no molar the molar has to be a mormon for the molar (laughs) bears (laughs) <laughs> molar bears
1: uh, molar bears, I see you. <laughs> now you're living up to that person who asked for more puns
0: Yes, sorry that was the only one I've only made one pun, so that's actually not very that. many I need to do more than that <laughs> um, Yeah, so here's a good comment from Krieger Damerung. Sam Tyler revealed to John that steel kills White Walkers and that would be that's going to come up once they figure that out the book, people in the book have not figured that out yet that's uh well, I mean, apart from this passage that Sam has read, they haven't used, we haven't seen Valyrian steel used on a, on a, on an other yet in the, in the, so we have seen, we have seen Dragon
1: I I just want to share this, this message from Alison Swan. I know okay. it's not the point, but I'm laughing at the idea of them looking for the sword and not for the <laughs> yeah, he, That's hilarious. <laughs>
3: like,
0: screw that, screw that guy, he was weird, creepy, had one eye, was really rude, but his sword, yeah, let's find him
3: it was
1: awesome uh, uh, uh. we could
0: sell it and feed the night's watch for a generation
1: <laughs> this is also a good point, time for us to mention uh our dark sister episode is always there and waiting for you
0: that's right it, it, it's it's uh, only would need a small update because
1: yeah, we definitely were we were pretty sure that he brought it
0: yeah that's there. the way we leaned yeah we leaned
1: already which is why it was a good question to ask to confirm that after the fact <laughs>
0: Thank you to Matteo Torral for saying those puns are life as easy. Uh, I know that not everyone hates them.
1: <laughs> yeah. Just
3: me.
0: We did get a, someone did put a, a review on our iTunes that said, great content, horrible jokes. So not everyone <laughs> loves them. <laughs> but uh, I don't think I'm going to change. <laughs> yeah, oh, Joe Magician says, how, imagine how much Tywin would pay for Dark Sister. Wow, yeah, he, yeah. Would, he would pay a lot. He would pay a lot. They could definitely, uh, they could feed the watch with that. <laughs> That would be a good way to, to to handle their food problem. They wouldn't have had to take a, a, a loan from the Iron Bank. Maybe they could have just given Dark Sister as a uh, down payment. As collateral. Yes, yes. Okay, so what else do we have to say about Dark Sister? I wonder, um, do we, we cover all the possibilities? The possibility that it's in the cave, the possibility that it's... it's at
1: the wall. Yeah,
0: I think, that's, I think that we covered all the, yeah,
1: was, the different Dark Sister options. I think, think, think Arya, Mira, John are the, the primary potentials.
0: Absolutely. Okay, so we are... We're closing yeah, like in on the two-hour mark, yeah. so why don't we do... Let's do the book giveaway.
1: Okay, yeah, let's do the book giveaway, then we'll talk a little bit more about Worldcon. Yes. And then we're um, mm-hmm. about done. Yeah, Worldcon stuff, then yeah. Zoila says, horrible minutes.
0: jokes? They're half the funnier shows. <laughs> I know, that's why I can't stop, just because one guy says horrible jokes? Yeah, Sorry, yeah, one know. guy. Okay, so... Let's start talking about Worldcon. Worldcon yeah, is-
1: Yeah, let do it. Well, I, you start off- Yeah, I'll get
0: us started while you're managing that. Worldcon is, like I, say, I, say I said, has been around a long time. This it's was Worldcon- 76th year. 76,
1: yeah. And it damn. changes where it is every year.
0: Yeah, it is truly Worldcon. It is all over the place. It's been in some really extremely, like to us, remote places. I believe in 2021, it's in New Zealand, if I remember correctly. Maybe what? 2020?
1: Next, It's, it's tw- 2019, Dublin, 2020, New Zealand, okay. 2021, D.C., hopefully, but that's okay. not for sure.
0: So I'm off by a year. 2020 is New Zealand. So that one's going to be hard for we'll a lot of us to go, go to. Uh, I would so, <laughs> love to,
1: but I don't think we have the yeah, money. We'll I, I, if I go to New that. Zealand, I'm, I'm going to be down there for a while going to Australia. It's just, it's, I agree.
0: yeah. I agree. So... It's got a long-standing tradition, and it's been around, like I said, nineteen. I believe it was nineteen thirty-nine was the first year. I think there was a year or two that it missed, but there was. Um, it was. It's always had been cel- a celebration of sci-fi work, and eventually that included fantasy and artwork. Artwork has always been a big part of it. That's that's part of why John Picasso is such a big part of it, and other uh, artists. Artists, <laughs> artists have always been a big part of World It's not just about the writing; it is about the the art as well which is a huge part of it and so let's talk about what we saw there was our first world con was in san jose and it was fun to go to to california
1: went to first i guess sounds good Right?
3: Yes. Let's do that.
1: So, speaking of artists, one of the panels I went to was, um, and Aziz went to as well. So, there's that. Um, John Picasso was was running a panel with uh, four other artists that were talking about how they fuse writing and artwork and how they you know how they combine the two how whether it's working with a writer to create their own book or whether they're writing their own stuff and they all have these different ways of doing it and so I'll put the image on the screen um, you can see there on the far left is Grace P Fong otherwise known as Pictograph and I love her work I have a little bit more to say about her work in regards to the stuff we got signed actually <laughs> and then next to her is Mariana Palova and um, I'm very excited for her new book to come out. It comes out, I think, in uh, just a month or two in the U.S. It's out. Yeah. I mean, if you, if, you, if you speak Spanish, read Spanish, her book's already out. She's a Mexican um, author. She's one of the ones that um, Picasso brought. And then you got in the middle, Picasso himself, of course. And then you've got this guy with this great name, Gregory Manches.
0: Manches.
1: Who's got some cool book projects going on as well. Um, it was really fascinating. And then on the far right, Robbie Trevino, who um, – Work I actually really like. It's like very psychedelic and trippy sci-fi, like kind of a guidebook type thing. Anyways, um, I really liked that panel. They were all really passionate, and it was actually really. Inspiring to me to, to go to that panel and to see their passion.
3: Yeah,
0: they represented a lot of different styles and backgrounds Yeah, and, and uh, ethnicities which is part of different having a different background Which gives you you know a different perspective on art and, and fuels the types of things that you're interested in and are inspired by Yeah, it was great. We, yeah. we sat in the front row. Kyle was with us. Yeah, and it was great. Yeah, that name cannot be real I know Manchester chess for real. Manchester. It's a very masculine yeah, sure, name
3: yeah.
0: Manchester.
3: <laughs> Uh,
0: um, yes, I, I, I was almost Distracted by his name yes. When he was speaking, I was just thinking about his name And I forgot what he said, I'm no, uh, just kidding no, he, he, was, he was also a really good speaker
1: uh, uh, um, Yeah, so then we've got um, We went to that panel In particular And I, got, I said Grace uh, P. Fong, pictograph I included Okay, we got a bunch of things Signed, basically So we got some maps a map signed, at my Westeros dress, Aziz has a Lannister bag that I got him. But um also Lauren, Joanna Lannister, who I brought up, uh and we should, whoever said uh, who said that thing. SKG Anna, when are you going full 1080p? Plus, it's supposed to be 1080p right now. So, <laughs> thank you very much. So anyways.
0: <laughs> it just doesn't always. No, work I don't know properly. what's up with all yeah. that. Whatever.
1: <laughs> so, Lauren Joanna Lannister brought me this awesome print that she had um, commissioned by Grace Peak Fong, pictograph. The funny thing is, she didn't know that Grace was going to be at the convention. And so, she gave me this print, and she uh, Lauren gave one of them to George, and gave me one. I had Aziz go through and sign it. And I was like, you know she's here at the con, right? And Lauren just freaks out about it. It's <laughs> <She's> like, <laughs> what? Yeah. So here's the artwork that uh, Lauren, as you know, she goes by Joanna Lannister. So there's no surprise why she commissioned this artwork. It's Rhaella Targaryen with the unnamed Princess of Dorne, Joanna Lannister, and Kasana Estermont. And so we gave, George has a copy of this now, we gave to him. While we were like, you know, she doesn't have a name, by the way. There's no name for the unnamed Princess of Dorne. Mm-hmm. So, we figure maybe we put we put that out there and he gives her a name because he has to look at her face. <laughs> um, but, I, yeah, I have my own copy that he signed as well. Killing and we went and kindness. talked to a fictograph about it. So, that was a nice coincidence.
0: Yeah, that was really cool. That was a wonderful coincidence. And George is I highly recommend if you can go to a convention where he's signing. And, of course, once the Winds of Winter comes out which we I know we've been all waiting on forever, but what it will eventually happen. When he, And when he does, he's gonna to start touring a lot. He has been going to much fewer conventions because he needs to focus on all his projects. primarily the Woods of Winter, but other things as well. And so once the book is out, he's gonna be appearing all over the place doing signings. I really recommend going to his signings. They're really, really well organized and he's really friendly about making sure Everyone gets their stuff signed. And if the line happens to be short enough, he'll let people go through twice. We went through some of the lines twice.
1: Yeah. And we kept ourselves to that. Like, we could have definitely gone through more. Yeah. But I didn't want to be that person. The person that was mentioned in the the New York Times article about George, they talked about like (laughs) someone who went through like six times and he was like, you again? Like, no, I don't think I want to be her. It's tempting if I had, if I mean, if I had stuff for that many people, I would just, you know, man up, woman up and do it. Uh, okay,
0: we've reached our cutoff, so yeah. no more entries will be accepted for the book drawing. We're going to go ahead and Ashay is going to go ahead and figure that out. Okay. Do that. I'll, be, I'll keep talking while she Here, does the. We you talk uh,
1: about this map count. shot that we got this map shot signed for Michael Harfel. I oh, put it yeah. on the screen. Okay, so we have this on, is
0: a shot of Ashay in her wonderful Westeros dress that George loves, that we all love actually. And that's a a, a, a wonderful map of uh, Essos there. That's the same one we have behind us. Not the exact same one, but a copy of it. And we got George to sign that. And is that the one we sent to Michael? We sent that back to Michael Clarfield in Germany. He, we were slowly giving him signed copies of all of his maps. Um, he sends them to us, we take him to a, a signing, we get him signed, ship it back to him, and he's one happy camper. And it's really easy and fun for us to do as well. Um, okay. So yeah, one, our first experience with the George signing, I may have spoken about this before on a, on a con, or on a live stream, but I want to reiterate it because not everyone would have heard it. He, the first time we ever went to a signing, the line was really long. And we were worried that the signing would end before we got to the front of the line. Uh, Someone came, one of his assistants or someone at the con came out and just announced to us, hey, anyone that is in this line, don't worry. George says he's going to sign everyone's stuff. He said, no matter how long it takes. That's just a sampling of the type of man he is. This guy is a multi-millionaire that does not have to do this. He doesn't make very much or at all from the signings. It's not something he's doing for himself. So... And the fact that he would go above and beyond basic, uh, you know what's what's laid out in front of what, what a you know what what would be required to do a decent job of this, he's going beyond that to make sure everybody gets a sign. And this is of course this wasn't super long ago. He was mega famous even at this point, so it's really cool. We're really happy with that. I um, also want to give a shout out to uh, to LML and Kyle who also asked questions during the John Picaccio, uh evening with George R. R. Martin, and they were very friendly questions that were meant to to show George how much we like them and uh, how much we like him and how much we appreciate everything he's done Uh, so good job guys for um, taking the opportunity to use your question to uh, give George some positive feedback because sometimes people ask really bad questions that are kind of annoying (laughs) you some of you have read the interviews that he's done with some people that ask him he cuts them off before their questions even over really are you kidding me? How Gosh. about that? That's really cool. Okay. okay we, we got our the winner. Neighbor. It's a recognizable name.
1: Oh no! Oh, a sorry, share. I just dropped my keyboard. I was just so freaked out. <laughs>
0: no harm, <laughs> no foul. Looks like everything's uh, fine. Keyboard unbroken. Yeah. So the we winner is neighbor. Jonathan Hagee of Knoxville, Prince of Sunsphere, wielder of the twin Valerian steel daggers, Viper's Fangs. At it, boy, John.
1: Yeah, we see him at Ice and Fire Con and at um pawn of thrones
0: he did the he did uh, a
1: great rego cosplay, rego cosplay. And, and michael's in the iron islands map the, not the iron islands in the dornish map that michael's doing he's playing uh, multiple of the the, the dorn the dane uh figures there you'll see the art when michael <laughs> publishes it he hasn't shared it yet yeah, but john so- jonathan is actually uh Gonna be in one of these maps too, so <laughs> what a little winner there!
0: He did it for his rego, He did instead uh, of the blue streaks over the shoulder for the Dethrocky oh, yeah. TV. He did pink.
1: Yeah, like so the purpley was, pink. Yeah, the purpley pink, So, It was yeah. kind of like
0: the yeah. It was more. It, it, it was a great idea. Well done, Jonathan, and you win a prize.
1: Yeah, you get a book. How cool? Anyway,
0: um, we we swear that was random.
1: Yeah, it really
0: was. <laughs>
1: yeah, I did. I do the random number generator on Google for yep. uh, Full so she counts the number of entries
0: and then does yeah, the number and Yeah, that's why I'm like sitting down. here like
1: focus, like count, like, yeah. stop emailing. So, all right. Good job, yeah, Jonathan. Awesome.
0: Also, so congrats to Jonathan and congrats to Terrell for winning the bath bombs. Again, next stream we do will be another giveaway. It'll be the coins. We'll do some coins from a Shire Post Mint and that'll be awesome. <laughs> yeah,
1: it'll be awesome. Okay, so now let's continue. We're talking about um signings
0: yes we had if a little I bit to
1: share i have this image this is george signing my dresseros the <laughs> dresser i getting signed there's for Lauren. people asking where you can get it it's black milk clothing their license ended you can't buy it officially anymore but there are black milk clothing reseller groups um that's also by the way in the picture laura and joanna lannister uh there so anyways there's uh reseller groups on ebay and facebook that you can use um there's also knockoffs that are just slightly lower quality but exist so, it's up to you what you want to do, but you cannot buy it officially anymore.
0: Not only is it a lovely dress with an awesome map on it, but it comes f- full of joke opportunities.
1: Yeah, you'll see. I guess let us let me play this video. I think I might have to do the fix thing. I have to, might have to fix the sound real quick like again, so just give me one second.
3: Okay. <laughs> We're
1: talking about one of our sweet podcasts on your series. We love your
3: oh, series. Okay. We love the history. Out. It, we, we? So, history of Westeros yeah. is your podcast? Yeah, definitely. She'll
1: know the history that's stuff. Until I asked you the blood, I'm going to be back to I made my year the problem. <laughs> yeah, so. Yeah. Hopefully, save yeah. you this weekend with
0: a beat of These garments that are um, made of Westeros are.
3: Interesting. Yeah, I
1: know uh,
3: they don't. They have a the uh, the, down <laughs> there, not where they should
1: be. She has so many. wall up here. I'm not that
3: cold. I swear. The really uh,
1: creepy ones is the ones that have here, That's my face Oh, I don't okay. it's it! I do It's well, that was that.
0: Shout out to Kyle Foster, a.k.a. Zora Head, for taking that video.
1: Yeah, you, know, was, uh, you could hear him laughing yeah, there.
0: Yeah, <laughs> a very distinctive laugh, uh, of course.
1: Yeah, I was, I was very happy that he took that video for me. We've been to a lot of signings, but Kyle is definitely like very uh, dedicated.
0: Okay, but so Geek Fury says, You should take him saying the name of the podcast, splice it out, and have him introduce the opening of each episode. I actually did that. Our last yeah. episode, the, the Roynar episode, has starts with your, the name of your podcast, is History of Westeros, and then... Dun, 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 So Mm
1: -hmm.
0: that's how it goes. Shay also added it into the video into near, I believe it's near the mid roll.
1: Um, um, it's not did the beginning.
0: I? Yeah, we had to
1: uh, put, did it, I put I forget. it in the video. You did I yeah. okay. I don't I even. I don't remember. It's all the blur when I'm editing. I <laughs> sit down, and 12 hours later, I get up.
3: <laughs> That's right.
0: I <laughs> ah, the love, the, the world of editing. That's right. Um, the, 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 the most tedious part of this profession.
1: So yeah, we got that signed, and so basically we got our book signed, we got our map signed. We we're like, what else could we get signed? We can go through again, and Aziz, I got Aziz this bag. It was kind of, I thought I might get it to for him, give it to him for his birthday but I just gave it to him early. I don't know. It's, anyways, it's a cool Lannister bag. Um, it's a messenger bag.
0: And in the tradition of getting things signed, <laughs> a clothing signed, well, I have yeah. this bag. Now we have this display. I have this hanging on the wall because you know I'm only gonna need it for trips. So it's a cool piece of artwork hanging on the wall, a signed Lannister bag thing. So. Also, I
1: just want to make fun of, of George's signature. <laughs> I, mine is much worse still. But like, I've seen some like, like specifically, uh, John Picasso actually signed a print for me because I bought one from him at uh, at WorldCon, and he signed, and his signature was so beautiful. And I have some other <laughs> friends who are artists, and like, they just like really put effort into their signature. I just want to judge George for this. Yeah.
0: At least this is distinct, but you're right. You cannot yeah. really tell. You can see the RR. <laughs> yeah, the RR uh-huh. is the most distinct part. You're right. Uh-huh. Does the Lannister bag contain any gold? Uh-huh. Uh, it didn't come up when I passed through security, airport security. There was no metal detector. So I guess not, darn. That would have been, that explains why it was only $35. <laughs> um, okay, so let's see. What else do we have? We So there were some, Events at Worldcon, you know, of course we went to several panels, we got to see George, we got to see a lot of other people, we got to see the art, there was a lot of fantastic stuff in the dealer room. That's always a great thing at any convention, is going to the dealer room and seeing all sorts of fun fan-made art, or sometimes it's uh, more corporate art, but still there's a lot of great stuff to find um, from the community or from related communities. Um, I want to give a a shout out to the BWB, we got to hang out with them quite a bit.
1: so there is, like, uh, on the Song of Ice and Fire, on the westerns.org forums, there's a BWB subforum, which, if you're going to a convention, I highly recommend you uh, post in there and make sure you meet up with some of them, because they're great people, they're so welcoming, and uh, I've, we've been to a bunch of conventions with some BWBers, like our first one, we met the BWB and got invited up to George's room and all of that, but it's only at Worldcons that they induct new members. They used to do the whole, you probably heard about it, the thing where George would send them on a quest, usually to get some food or a drink or something like that, that's specific to the city they're in. They bring it, no matter, even if it's 3 a.m. at the time, they have to go (laughs) find it. And I've heard some great stories about dumpster diving and craziness from the BWB, and then they get knighted. Yeah. so like for example one of our friends is uh is Dave Castellan of the Lamprey Pie, and <laughs> Castellan's really high too you can see you can tell by the titles how long they've been in the BWB how many conventions they've been to
0: mm-hmm. like if you like some people have been in this in the BWB for like 20 but they're years they're like, like
1: like one of, like this guy pod who's we're friends with he's a king. He's yes, been right. to the most, and he's Bing a
3: king. <laughs> yeah, he goes for so, like, like, lots of pretty awesome.
1: So, but it became too unwieldy around the time that Game of Thrones started. Mm-hmm. And so they changed it to something that they're, they call the free companies. Yes. Which they all basically have to take a shot of some sort of, of this liquor that has these ghost chilies and ghost peppers. It's really spicy. It
0: was spicy. So you
1: have to <laughs> take the shot, and uh, you're inducted. They have a new theme for every location. We all so, looked at for each example, other funny Jasmine after, like, and Brian that we were talking about there, um, the free company of the fireworm, because it was one of the first years that they did the the, the spicy shots, basically. And they were in Spokane, where there was uh, fires going on right then. It was really, bad, really smoky. Whereas yep. we were in San Jose, which has the redwood trees, pot is legal, and they went with the free company of the Greenleaf, yep. and I am extremely happy about that. Was that
0: was very cool. Yes, we're in the free company of the Greenleaf, officially and for all time. And it's cool. (laughs) We're very happy with that. We were also, again, we were with David and Elodia and Kyle, and they were all inducted as well. And we all made faces at each other after doing the shot because it was, whoa. And uh,
1: I actually didn't have to do the shot. She didn't
0: have to. I'm special.
1: though. I was like, (laughs) Jasmine was giving me a hard time about it. Um, for years because she'd done it and like Yuri's going to be terrible. He's really looked forward to it, yada, yada. <laughs> and I was nervous about it, not because of the spiciness, because I don't drink alcohol and I really wasn't looking forward to taking a shot of alcohol at all.
0: That kind of shot, um, it would have crushed you.
1: Yeah, I would have not been <laughs> happy not with been it good. at all. But I'm talking to another member in it, um, Katie, who I met at our first convention at, at Con Carolina's, actually. Yeah. When we went up to George's room, she was the one in the corner chatting away with George <laughs> as it happens.
3: <laughs> she like, They were literally just in the corner,
1: her and George, <laughs> chatting away about football and politics,
3: basically. <laughs>
1: Anyways, Katie doesn't drink either. And she was the bartender, and I, I brought up how nervous I was about it. And she like looked at me like I was crazy, and she was like, you don't have to take the shot. I'll just give you a different drink. like Some soda or something. I'm like, oh, thank you, Katie. I'm so grateful. So anyways, I'm not a real member, maybe.
0: <laughs> so also, uh, shout out to Lee and Rachel, who had a party oh, that we got yeah. to go to, where we saw um, our, our friend Bron Steris, who has the awesome license plate. R plus L is J. Yeah,
3: what which a Which I cool put up, up on Instagram. Plate. It's true.
0: And uh, thanks also to Eric Kluth, a.k.a. Blackfire, who... Oh, has yeah. the distinction of the name Blackfire. He's
1: at Blackfire on Twitter, by the yeah, way.
0: Yeah, because George, he's the first person that George ever revealed the Blackfires to in real life. Like he was, he was still developing that concept, and, George, and and Eric asked him about it, and George actually told him. Yeah. So he grabbed that nickname yes. before it was even known. So like, nice yeah. job. He also well, no, Eric gave us a- uh, He's
1: really very helpful, he was very nice, he's a very fun guy, but when we were at the, the BWB party, it's awkward, you don't want to go up to George and say something to him necessarily. We don't at least, we feel awkward. And so Eric like came up to me, he came up to me and Aziz separately, and was like, did you get a chance to talk to George? And I was like, no, you know, I was like <laughs> kind of, uh, of of quiet about the whole thing. And he was like, want me to come up and introduce you? Want me to bring you up? And I was like, wow, that's so nice. And he just did that because George knows him. And
3: yeah.
1: it was a great little thing for sure. I felt much it's better true. about interrupting his evening.
0: Very nice. Yeah, it was good. I got to sit with him for a few minutes and talk to him a little bit. Uh, we also rode the elevator up with him, yeah. and this was actually interesting, not just that we rode the elevator with him, and he had cool skull suspenders on, and I had skull socks. So I was like, eh, 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 and he, you know, acknowledged me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, he thought it was funny. He, he laughed. But, but he was, we were, you know, he was on the way to the party like we were, and he was like this. He was walking the party like this. He was bouncing. He was really excited yeah. to be going to a party, and that just, I just want to share that to show you kind of his state of mind, the fact that he's still just like... Happy-go-lucky dude. Fame hasn't changed him that much. He still loves to go to conventions, go to parties, and just be part of the convention, be part of the action, be part of the fandom. He wants to still be a regular guy as much as that's possible. (laughs) So, witness me, Joe Magician says, is these points at socks? Witness me. Yes, that's right. (laughs) I need, where's my, where's my chrome spray paint?
1: Mm. Um, but we also had um, so obviously the George stuff was great. The BWB stuff was great. Met a lot of people who got inducted. But we got to uh, see Kyle um, a bit more and uh, stay with uh, George S, who does some great cosplay and um, great place. It, it was really nice of him to let us stay with him and all that. And we also well, I didn't go. We we will. We spent a day and met up with David and Elodia, LML rather, um, in San Francisco. But then another day Aziz went actually to LML's house and got to, you know, meet his birds, which Aziz could not rave enough about his birds. I'm not a bird fan, so I'm glad I didn't go. The
0: birds were amazing. Uh, But no,
1: Aziz (laughs) loves those birds. His
0: birds are so smart and and clever. Uh, Yeah, I loved the birds. (laughs) And it was fun hanging out at their place as well. Good to see people get to see different friends and see their you know their home turf and all that He took us around San Fran a bit and we got to mm-hmm. eat in some good places And yeah, it was very hospitable. Everyone's so yeah. friendly
1: gotta love California. The yeah. weather's great
0: Shout Things out to Silas legal. Toms as well for coming to have oh, yeah. Mexican food with us. Uh, I mm-hmm. forget what night that was Thursday, I believe <laughs> um, That was cool. Yes, we did LML is correct. We did uh, get on that.
1: <laughs> you're so vague. Okay, we I did guess, get
0: on the green If it was legal, company were the there. Yeah, it's true.
1: So like you're saying, you smoke here.
0: That's true. <laughs> <laughs> we took advantage of the legal status of marijuana in California for sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, and Oh yeah. wow, this
1: story from Peter Griffin. I had two birds. One bird figured out how to open his cage and let his brother out. They both flew out the window. Never seen them again.
3: Whoa. It's too bad. Damn. My
1: mom, my brother had a parrot, actually, and my mom lost his parrot, and he was, I'm really, really, really mad. It's like an African gray parrot or something like Those that. Those aren't it was cheap. Nice. It was nice. It was supposed to live a and long time. he loved time. it, too, I'm and sure. And he loved his parrot, Curly, uh, named after the Three Stooges character, and he, he, uh, she just, she was like, well, like, what can I do so? They just replaced the bird and just named it Curly, and he just pretends that he never lost the first what? Curly. <laughs> He just, I mean, he didn't like say curly too. It's just curly. Let's pretend that never happened.
0: We should have told this story when we were talking about the last kingdom. No, you're Utrid now. Yeah, no,
1: you're that's it was exactly that. You're curly now.
0: Uhtred, son of Utrid, son of Uhtred, son of Utrid, son of Uhtred. <laughs> Yeah, speaking of that, LML's breast, one of the things I was ranting about how cool LML's birds were, that one of them will, will infiltrate the other birds' cages sometimes, steal their food, and then yell touchdown when he celebrates. Anytime he's happy or celebrates, he yells touchdown
2: touchdown
0: kind of like mm-hmm. that and it's it's just classic a bird with so much personality so that was super fun mm-hmm. um i
1: yeah have we covered everything
0: we have covered everything i
1: think we'll have to do our supporters yeah we're gonna do our supporters I think we covered everything else we I got our images so. in we had a lot of news to cover. You. we did
0: have a lot of news i hope we hope we uh had enough uh good content for y'all we and have you'll, some... be, you'll
1: be able to see aziz later tonight too if you go to gemma's yeah. citadel stream
0: show up for gemma's stream tonight it'll be at 7 30 eastern which should be eleven thirty gmt this is that half of the year where gmt and, and est are within four hours of each other sometimes they're half of the year they're five hours apart so this is good um so yeah, I'm gonna read the Patreon credits aloud. I haven't done them aloud in a while. When you guys hear them on the scripted episodes, you're hearing, you don't hear my mistakes. There uh, are many. It's hard to say them all, but we, um, but you know, we, we, we power through. You know, you get better at them by practicing. <laughs> so thank you everyone who showed up today. Thanks to the super chatters, to the questions, to everyone who supports us, everyone who liked the channel, who liked this episode and whatever ways you choose to support us we appreciate it very much there's a lot of ways to do that and we're very thankful that we get to do this so uh, let's be specific with some shout outs let's say thanks to lord mark of house joseph the snow and winterfell rider of masler the white dragon with green scales horns wings and talons telanis the talon is king of gagasos rider of talarius a red dragon with scales horns and talons of midnight black FYI, there's going to be some Gagasos action in the next episode because, hey, that's where Nymeria went. She went very near Gagassus. We'll be talking about that. That's some creepy blood magic hybrid horror stuff. Jinx of House Lyre is Green Queen of the Rainwood, rumored daughter of a woods witch, rider of Erogenia, a sylphic albino dragon with amethyst eyes and opalescent wings. Introducing Robert IV of House Ardeacor burned king of Blazewater Bay, rider of Atroxus, a black dragon with bioluminescent spots like smoldering embers and a banded blue tail. We just got the artwork of him in pretty recently. Atroxus is looking cool. Shea may not have it ready, but we do have the cool art there. You'll see it in the future then. (laughs) Uh, We also have thanks to our peers of the realm, the mysterious BR, Hand of the King. Hand of the Queen is open right now. Who's going to step up for Shea? We have our Hand of the Beard, Suzanne Sinistral, holder of the left-handed Valyrian shears. Uh, We have, where am I at here, got lost. We have Lord Jim the Fortuitous of Wars and Politics of Ice and Fire blog and Warden of the West. He is, of course, something like a lawyer and uh, sometimes partner on panels and episodes, he's like I said. Something like a lawyer. He's something like a lawyer. He's really nothing like a lawyer, actually, but
3: <laughs> yeah. the name
0: does have a funny story behind it. <laughs> I guess you could say he, he's a good debate partner. He debates a bit like a lawyer, but, you know, so do I. That's a good, that's a compliment. <laughs> Lord George Stormsville the Cunning is Lord of the Chiliad and Warden of the East. Cabeth the Unfrozen is Lord of the Bricks and Castle Crimson Light, Defender of the Old Gods and Warden of the North. Lady Kelly McMath of Covington is Lady of the Villa Hills and Crescent Springs, Warden of the South. The elite from outside the realm include Lord James Tuttle, King of the Stepstones and the Narrow Sea, Commander of the Royal Fleet, consisting of the Narrow Fleet led by Flagship Caraxes, and the Bloodstone Fleet led by the Flagship Prince Damon. People who watch our Crusader King stream will know that in our world, the Stepstones have been renamed the Shepstones, thanks to uh, <laughs> Captain Hama Helmuth. Also, Also, Hall is Hama Hall.
1: Uh, the Bane
0: Fort is Durin's Bane, and Great Wick is pretty good Wick.
1: I love that one. I really, really, really love that one.
0: Yes, once we discover <laughs> that, that. Stephen could, Stark, right? Stephen Stark, yes. Who, I'm about mid-win. to give a shout out to him, too. In uh, just a second here. Also, shout out to Charlotte Oster, Corsair Queen of the Western Shivering Sea, Commander of the Briny Fleet, whose flagship is the Barnacle Encrusted Violet Hulled Mercenaria. She carries the Nacre Inlaid Shucking Blade, Crass Lover. Oh yeah. I didn't even announce when the next CK stream will be where I told everybody it's going to be on Twitch. The next one will be Friday. We're going to get going right away next Friday. Get that going. So check it out. We'll be announcing it um, with, you know, posts on social media, but yeah, you'll want to make sure you follow us on Twitch to get the notifications and all that. Our blood wider, blood wider. I finally <laughs> said something wrong. I was doing so well. And I couldn't say the easiest word, blood rider. Come on, <laughs> blood. Okay, they're no, they're blood whiners, no, blood mm-hmm. blood riders. Borsaki, wielder of a Valyrian steel arak with a dragonbone hilt, and Kohol Koi, called Sunpiercer, wielder of a dragonbone bow. Our small council is Lord James Inkblade, the scholar knight, master of whispers; Lord Robert Jacobs, master of coin; Lord Daniel, the sneaky Russian, master of ships; Grand Via James, and Lord Benjamin of House Hornwood, master of logs. Lord, lady, lords and ladies in their castles include... I just only can't say the section names. Yeah, Apparently the man. names... I can say it just fine. Lady Dyrlaz of Castle Maki is the Alpha Patron. Lord Dan of the Red Mountains and Castle Great Bell is Breaker of the Second Stone. Lord Skip of the Velt is Lord of Castle Ganges. Gregor the Toasty is Lord of the Breadfort. Alicia Everlasting of the Green Blood is Lady of Desert Rose. Lord Ryan of Castle Stonegate is Guardian of the Rocky Mountain Pass. Lord Garen de Havilland is of Devil's Hand Keep. Ashlyn Winter is the Hawkside, Lady of Castle Skyfall. Lady Mikkel of Moonacre is leader of the Weirwood Protectorate Alliance. The Lord of the Halls of Castle Hillcrest is wielder of the Valyrian steel machete Everglazed. Lord Alistair Whittaker is Lord of the Dawnhold. Lord Bemi Snugglebunny is guardian of the Hidden Hundred Acre Weirwood, Dual Wielding Glorious morning and Little Lightwise. When you fear things cannot get worse, Snugglebunny enters the fray. Brian the Defender is Lord of the Spearfort and the Freelands, Last Scion of Clan McCulloch. Strength and Courage is their motto. The Bastard of the Werewood is... Uh, sorry, the Bastard of the Wolfswood is First Forester of the Old Gods. Sworn to House Iron Werewood, their motto, listen for the silence. Connor the Dungeon Master is Lord of Catamount Keep and Guardian of the Smoky Mountain Pass. Lady Baelish is Dark Widow of Hall. Lord Sidney Jesse the Fallborn is Lord of Blue Spring. Navessa the Twinhearted is Suspected Skinchanger, holder of the Castle Carahelm. Sir Valentin of House to Jen is creator of the Game of Predictions, free Game of Thrones predictions slash futures market. Lady Leona Kelly of Wolf Island is protectress of the Steelhold. Casey Starr is of House Acres. Our first sword is Jeff Gnarly, the Longsnapper. Our King's Justice is Sir Troy the Steady, wielder of the Valyrian Steelblade Fate.
1: Now we've got my Queen's High Council. <laughs> we've got Lady My Emerald Eyes, Voice of House Swan, Mistress of Whispers we've got grandmaster elizabeth middle daughter of leon hormont the first lady to forge both the silver and valerian stealing, but i've also got some spots open you can be a mistress of ships or master of ships of coin or of laws
0: that's right and that would be a good way to help us get to that next patron goal what about of making of the dance?
1: these can i add that to my high council? <laughs> master counsel?
0: of the dance you sure it's your high council you can put whatever you want oh on there. God, <laughs> we should do that. Sean, you're gonna have dance battles with Sean though. Yeah, no, yeah my master
1: of the... dance will have to go against Sean.
0: <laughs> Our Kingsguard is killing. Commanding... Furious
1: says, by the way, tell Sean we hit 8001 on this stream, so he knows <laughs> us a dance.
0: He knows a dancer yeah, there.
1: he'll never know.
0: <gasps> <laughs> he won't know that we're telling them, not telling the truth. <laughs> Our King's Guard is led by the Smiling Wolf Lord Commander Stephen Stark, cartographer of kings, who earned a white cloak through wisdom and learning as much as skilled arms and at naming... Hails
1: from pretty good wick. (laughs)
0: He hails from pretty good wick, despite being a Stark. (laughs) They were on- they were on campaign when he was born. His mother Mm. was traveling with the army. Sir Dolores D is the longest tenured white sword. Willa Crow's Bane is guardian of White Tree, First Lady of the Free Folk, and a good friend. Sir Dean the White is Knight of the Black Star. That's a mm-hmm. cool reverse. Now we've got my Queen's
1: Guard, which has Lord Captain Commander Hema Helmant, the Self Sword Sentinel. It's got Lady Nymeria of House Sea Purtle, Alexander of House Atreides from the Seat of Dune. I must not fear. Fear is the Mind Killer. Damn right. We've got Becca the Bard, Songbird of the North, Sir Eric Redbeard, Odinson, Wielder of Tempest, a Monstrous Warhammer. We've got Michonne the Melodious, star of Old Town. Minds over of Masters. I always want to say Maesters there because the Old Town thing has gotten me a bunch of times. Cool, Minds over, over, over
2: Masters.
0: Yeah, That's I kind of fun. liked it
1: too, <laughs> um, but I've never said it. So at least see, I messed up too Aziz. these. We've got Sir Rambo, Knight of House Gannon, First Blood. First
3: Blood.
1: <gasps> we like, Another sound effects sunny for that one. There. Yeah,
0: dum-dum. Yeah. Sean's House of the Beard, uh, uh, House, House beard, of the beard, Beard Guard, his Beard Guard consists of Lord Commander George the Golden, Sir Joshua Oakheart, the White Oak, Lady Rita of the Copper the uh-huh. Unbound, Dance the Fervor.
1: Lady
3: Rita.
0: Lady Rita. <laughs> Not a meter maid, but, you know, the song applies.
3: Still. <laughs>
0: Sir Jeff, Warden of the AC, wielder of Triad, the multifaceted beard of platinum red and brown. His motto is stay frosty. (laughs) And Sir Tim Corgyle, mad boy of the Western desert. (laughs) That's right. Um, Also, shout outs to our... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Our history of, of Westeros is Night's Watch. History
1: of Westeros. History of Westeros.
0: History Yeah. Lord Commander Benjamin Umber is the silent <laughs> giant.
1: LmL with my mind on Maester's mind. <laughs> <laughs> That's
0: right. <laughs> Lord Commander Benjamin Umber is the silent giant, wielder of the Valyrian Steel Greatsword Winter's Kiss. First steward Sir Jurion of the Torrentine, is called Palewind. We have a new first ranger and a new first builder, but upon realizing this, I realize I haven't given them their names yet. <laughs> Sorry about that, guys. We'll take care of that shortly. And you will be among the list of the wonderful supporters aye, aye, aye. as you deserve. So, yeah, I'm always I'm always forgetting a name or two because you guys are wonderful with your level of support for History of Westeros, which keeps me on my toes making up new nicknames. Although a lot of times you guys have your own cool nicknames, and I love to see that as well. It's one of the fun things about this community, getting to be creative in lots of different random ways Ooh, like that. Yeah. So,
1: That's with right. that. Let's see if I can get this intro to play.
0: Yeah. Well, Shea is the best, so either way, we appreciate all her technical work. stop talking works. real
1: quick, Aziz? One sec.
0: <laughs> yes,
3: ma'am.
1: That's what it was. Okay, it'll be ready to go. Now you can say your goodbye. I just had okay. To that. <laughs> okay. Cool. No, no.
0: First things first. Definitely, definitely. Got to take care of the technical things. (laughs) Now I can't. Which is it? Can I talk or not? Uh, Okay, everybody. Thank you, everybody, for attending. Thanks for entering our giveaways. Thanks for all the love. And check us out next time. If any of you didn't get to watch this one then we'll be back too soon bad and you're still dead to me <laughs> check me out on
1: check you out Gemma's
0: uh secrets yeah, of oh yeah tonight
1: of course check him tonight. out tonight
0: yeah shay won't be there so yeah, it won't be as cool because it's just me but uh you know you take what you can get <laughs> but there's Gemma and kyle and other people so you know there's that they make up for that you know i'm i'm gonna make it worse but they all make up for that so
1: but yeah, so you'll see us there. Like I said, we'll be on Gray Area again pretty shortly. And yeah. um, if you didn't win anything this time, make sure you show up to our next stream because you could win some Shire Post pre-Conquest coins, which are really cool. And yes. I will take care of that butt, Preston Cox.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. See you next time. Valar, re us.